So this is a, a really, really, really intense episode. Um, it is the penultimate, and it is, you know, shooting us straight into our finale. But it also is coming off of a hugely sad and emotional episode ending last week. Ah, Mr. Morden, I see they found you. You're looking well. All healed now, I take it. I'm fine. What the hell is going on, Malloy? It is said that in every age, there is one singular event that forever changes the world around us. A nexus, if you will. It is said that the future is always born in pain. The history of war is the history of pain. If we are wise, what is born of that pain matures into the promise of a better world. Because we learn that we can no longer afford the mistakes of the past. Oh my God. But in the pain of that war, a future was born. A future that would one day have a name whispered on a hundred worlds. A final refuge for dreams. And our last, best hope. So who's been posting that you guys were still recording? Unknown. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know who's doing it. Mike isn't doing it. We're assuming it's Josh. Yeah. But I almost almost replied this morning something to the effect of, Chris, I can't believe you said that to me. We're never speaking again. I don't know if you would... (laughs) Oh, Chris Mitchell would jump right on board. Yeah. I am still preferring to believe it's an alternate universe Damon still fighting <laughs> all alone. 51 hours. Somehow bleeding through on level. Facebook. Is is that the alternate universe where you guys declared the core the greatest sci-fi movie of all time? <laughs> That's <Yes>. what does it. <laughs> the core. Oh, oh my God. See. We have continuity. We do. <laughs> An alternate universe. Yeah. <laughs> wow, we do. <laughs> we also all have our uh, RTD2. Yeah. All, all the uh, universe. <laughs> bit, bit. Space Lincoln and their Time Rangers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Traveling back in time to kill Michael Jordan's yeah. father. <laughs> favorite. Didn't somebody say Biff Tannen has to change the outcome of uh, 175? Yeah. I'm not doing yeah. that. Why not? <laughs> Which work? You have to find Biff dialogue. It's work. It, it takes so little. Just find a line of Biff. You know what? Just find a line of Biff Tannen. It doesn't even have to. Like it ha- Just the most half-ass line of Biff Tannen. It makes no sense. Just use one of the, what are you looking at, butthead? <laughs> no, not even that. Oh, uh, yeah, that's too good. My- <laughs> Screen door on a battleship, maybe. <laughs> Completely unnecessary, like nonsensical. Oh, uh, I was listening to your Into Darkness commentary. Yeah, uh, and uh, I found that article that Felsher was talking about. If the internet had reviewed Rathacon. yeah, yeah, it's pretty good. I, yeah, it was. It was. I, I don't think there was quite enough venom because it. <laughs> but it, I. <laughs> I absolutely agree with the point. And then it the hilarious part is that people were basically proving his point in the comment section. That's that's a great thing about the internet. In, in your uh 
in your bid to prove the guy wrong <laughs> his point. Okay. That happened when I posted that people complain too much. Yeah, yeah, that was really funny. Then people started <laughs> complaining about it. <laughs> and complain for their right to complain. Yeah. 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 It's pretty beautiful. We live in we live in a golden age of sci-fi and comic book culture, but it's all fucking terrible. Oh, it's no, like no. that Louis C.K. joke, you know. It everything we have the most amazing things, but everything's terrible. Yeah, <laughs> we live in a magical world. <laughs> yeah. Um, where is that? You know, you know, I'm going to murder the pronunciations on this episode. I'm actually really happy about that. <laughs> Are you actually going to be voting? No. God, no. Okay. I was going to say. God, no. <laughs> um... The other thing I was thinking about is you recorded the last episode and then you turn around. It, the next thing you have to record is uh, Best of Babylon 5. And that's strangely yeah. fitting considering... They recorded their finale and then an entire season after that. True. That's right. Wow. That's right. We're doing the real life. Say that during the show. Actually, this is probably all. We've already started, I'm sure. Yeah. <clears throat> well, I know I'm recording. People. I, I love the fact that people still believe it. Believe what? There are people who are like, I can't believe you guys are still going. And some of them believe it. You're a believer. Uh, a believer. Uh. He's going to be great in Batman versus Superman. Oh, he God. really is. <laughs> oh, did you see that uh, between two ferns thing with him? No. No. Yeah. Eh, it was okay. You know, Damon, if some of our fans still believe that we're recording, um, that explains any success we've had over the years. I guess. <laughs> that is our target audience. Highly gullible people. <laughs> At least the ones that have never been on the show. So when Lucas they listen, seen- after each time someone votes, so they go, he's right. And then the next person <laughs> says, goes, he's right. And they Damn just keep minute. saying that the whole show. <laughs> right. Plastic man is the best. And then player. when Damon says, we got it wrong, he goes, he's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just the most agreeable person on earth. <laughs> if you're there listening, call in. I don't know. On the show, my cause... gut says maybe. <laughs> <laughs> what was that from? Uh, Naked Gun? Uh, pretty sure it's Futurama. I can't remember. That. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The neutrals. Yeah. It's a beige alert. <laughs> Tell my wife hello. <laughs> and we're still talking Futurama. Uh, good stuff. We should do a Futurama podcast. I still like I like the idea of once a month, completely unimportant. Just talking. You tell me all the crazy things that have happened in the geeky universe, and I I talk to you about. It. I'm like, really? That happened? Like, yep. They still hate DC this month. Wow. <laughs> really? Yeah. This is what they. This is what they hate now. Yeah, I, seriously, that Wonder Woman conversation we had earlier today—that could have been a podcast about the fan film. Yeah, like the ridiculously not good fan film that was yeah, just—it's it, it, just any excuse to bitch about there not being a Wonder Woman film. See, yeah, 
it's it it and which is you know it, they'll take any excuse to bitch about DC Comics. I I don't know. I if I had to pick one celebrity that I would least want to spend a day as, it's got to be Dan DiDio because he must wake up and feel just the nerd rage directed at him because every comment section and it, you know when he posts on Facebook, it's kind of the same thing. He'll like post about oh i was at the deli and got a sandwich this week and then you know if you look at the comment section like at least three will be where's a wonder woman movie why are you ruining dc comics <laughs> <laughs> why let are the you man, let the man get a let the man get a corned yeah. beef sandwich <laughs> well no the, the the real question is why, why are you following him why are you following him on facebook I, only I, to make to troll him when he's talking about having yeah. a sandwich yeah well it's that's like pretty much that, it well, it's just like, you know how there's always that one annoying person on Facebook whose posts you can't stand, but for some reason you don't block them because you almost want to see what other stupid thing they're going to say next? Yeah. I'm just throwing that out there. More and more, uh, though. I used to. Yeah, I, I, used to, I used to be those people. Now I just, because there's the simple ignore function, I'll ignore them. Hey, Christy. Hey. Welcome to the Sausage Fest. Toot-toot. toot fights. You know, I got to give, give my boy uh, JVV some credit. JPP? JVV, Justin Van Volkenberg. We can call him JPP. I don't know. I, uh, I don't know if he'll like being called. He's down with JPP. JPP. He'll figure it out. He'll, he'll be like, it, within like half a second, he'll just be like, Josh Pole's penis? Completely true. <laughs> <laughs> I know stories about Josh. <laughs> I know a good one. But I'm not going to tell any stories about Josh because this is about <laughs> Babylon 5. Indeed it is. The greatest show that I never watched and never will. <laughs> oh, we're going to have to change that. You can't. It's yes, not no, we're not. He wouldn't like it. I, I, I know I wouldn't like it because I, I tried to watch it. <laughs> where did you start? The Where you're supposed to. Season 1, which is fucking horrible. Sorry. That's not where you're supposed to start anymore. <laughs> like, season, season one is kind of season one is kind of like the like first the, five chapters of Fellowship nope. of the you're Ring. To watch it You've got to struggle through it. <laughs> see, and guess see, I don't what? think I all, I, there's there's a lot of a lot of crappy parts, but I, there's still a lot of good stuff in season one. You can watch parts. Yeah, there's, there's really there's, great story stuff. Yeah, okay. It, it, it's like it's like uh, anything. Uh, anything. Uh, next off. generation. I next generation was fine. Next generation didn't start bumpy if you if that's your jumping on point. You science oh, fiction in general. That was my jumping on point and episode, my jumping uh, off point for a year. Start off with the episode with King Arthur. King Arthur. Stars is before King Arthur. Oh wait, King Arthur's like almost. King Arthur's I think like the pilot movie's eight, pretty three, good. Yeah. Yeah. Are you talking yeah. about Isn't Braille like, maybe? <laughs> Isn't it best the exposition? Yeah, he uh, thinks he's the reincarnation of (laughs) Arthur, but he may be. Let me see. Let me see if I can. Let me see if I can do this. The universe speaks in many languages, but only one voice. I don't know. You want to try and do it? Oh, I'm going to read that fucking thing because you put it on here. Oh yeah, you're going to ruin it. I'm going to read it once. (laughs) Yeah, thanks a lot, Mike. (laughs) I don't know. I've never heard it. I did not watch it. You've done well so far. Narn. Yeah, oh yeah. It's, it's if you, Narn, if you Zunin, can remember Zikari, uh 
it's pretty phonetic. Game and right. Minabari? That's right. Minabari. Minabari. Yeah. Drowsy purple. Drowsy. Drowsy green. Okay, <laughs> now you guys are speaking of Babylon 5 slang. <laughs> <laughs> and that's going to really hack off Damon. No, it's not going to make you mad at all. As long as we don't say fracking. I don't care about fracking. No, frelling. Fracking. Frelling. Fracking. No frelling. You can frack. No frelling. You can frack all you want. Frelling is so much more annoying because frack came first. Frack is one of those like, we made it up for that show and it's fine. And now we're copying it and coming up with a different fake. It just sounds stupid. It does. That's the worst thing. Like fairy talk. Frack sounds okay. Yeah, frilling. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Gloinking would have been better. Gloinking. <laughs> smurfing. Yes, you can actually, go that would have been hilarious. In like language, smurf means something different. Why not? Okay, a uh, quick question for everybody. Well, everybody but Mike, because Mike is too old. Um, do you guys remember Yummy Mummy, the cereal? Uh, yes. No. No. Okay, so I got one yes from Jason Thompson. Okay, I'm not crazy. Because, you know, they, they brought back all the monster. That, uh, may not be enough evidence. Yeah, because there was like, that was like the same group as like Blueberry and uh, Frankenberry. And yeah, Frank- yeah, I, I yeah, I remember Frankenberry. Yeah. Was well, that later, though? Yeah, it's the. Because it I remember the, 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 oh the initial ones, the Chocula, and, Blueberry, and, and the Fruit Brute, which I never heard of because never it got discontinued it in 19. 19- oh, Fruit Brute. 82. Fruit Brute. Awesome. Oh, it got yeah. discontinued in 82. <laughs> Uh, but Yummy Mummy came out in like, uh, well, it got discontinued in 92, so it came out in 87. So it was 87 to 92, and they brought all five flavors back just for Halloween. Yeah. And at work, I'm like, oh, Yummy Mummy, I'm, I'm tempted to buy one of the, you know, a box, you know, and one guy was calling me a homosexual. <laughs> well, he was insinuating that I was <laughs> gay because I said it, I enjoyed Yummy Mummy. <laughs> Like it makes that no sense. Yeah, but that fruit one like would have been a little worse, wouldn't it? Yeah, clearly. I like fruit fruit. Clearly, root. fruit root. Fruit root. But but my favorite part of it, like I'm, I, I'm I'm asking somebody else about it, and he's like, hey hey hey, They're like yeah, kill yourself. <laughs> and I thought it was the funniest thing in the world because he was hey 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 hey, like oh yeah, kill yourself. <laughs> That's oh man, because I love yummy mummy. But I didn't. I had it once when I was a kid. And I know it can't be anywhere near as good as the one time I had it when I was a kid when I couldn't even afford to buy cereal for myself. But I did look for it today because I was wondering. What did it even taste like? Uh, That one uh, one is supposed to be cherry. Fruit Brute is supposed to taste like orange cream. Creamsicle. So weird. I know. (laughs) But I'm going to try them both. I do remember that I did not like uh, Frankenberry or Booberry, and I've never liked chocolate cereals. Did you like that racist picture I, I sent you? Of yeah. no, it's, it's, it's racist as shit. I don't, I don't understand. Let me look at it again. The Frosted the, Flakes the are aren't great. The chocolate ones are not oh, great. Oh, I see. The ones that are white are great. The other ones have Spanish on. I was gonna say chocos. <laughs> yeah, it's just like the real world. Like, yeah, white is great. The ones with chocolate are bad. If they're, See, they're is, dark, so it, would it be a Blaxican cereal? Is that is Blaxican? that is that? <laughs> I'm sure. No, it's just lumping everybody who's not white in together. Right. Uh, that's all. Part exactly. You could still be black and Mexican. Right. And they're not great. Make sure you, they are not. Great. Well, we don't know what they are because we don't speak their language. 
<laughs> anyway. It might say great for all I know. Yeah. Why don't Just we start the episode? Because <laughs> I have a feeling you fuckers are going to be long-winded about this shit. I'm going to want to watch football. I am not. Hey, wow. guys. I'm you want to watch football, don't have it on Monday, man. You what? What? I said you're going to miss the football game. What? Not that. I was asking what... Uh, Christy said. I was oh. saying it's been like a million years since I've watched an episode of Babylon 5 and I couldn't get a hold of any so I'm going to be super short with like all of my things and just listen to you guys mostly so okay. I apologize in advance. Watch. watch. No once you start remembering things yeah. Okay. <laughs> that will happen. Do you remember anything? Yeah like how do you forget all the great Terry's uh, the Scoggins moments <laughs> welcome to geek fights the ponzi scheme of podcasting that's the last time ever we're gonna say that that's the last time i'm ever gonna say welcome to geek fights the ponzi scheme of podcasting with me as always is mr mike ortiz mike this is the last time i'm gonna say this but what are we fighting about well uh way way back uh, on best alien i believe uh I think I mentioned it, Lando Malari. I believe uh, Chuck actually uh, responded that uh, he liked Babylon 5 too. And I said, hey, let's do Best of Babylon 5. So we tried twice. Didn't work either time. But we did it here at the end, the very, very end. Three, three times. Three times. Either way, uh, it didn't beat us. We're finally doing it. Best of Babylon 5. So who's joining us tonight on this actual final ever geek fight well yeah well because uh for those that don't know we are still recording <laughs> star trek versus star wars right now it's still going on we're still doing it uh but we already recorded it uh so this is the last one that mike and i are doing and it's it's very upsetting to me but joining me for the final time are, are four people well, one person I don't know at all, but that's fine because that's what Geek Fights is all about. But three people who have been there for us every fucking day. We need them. We've got Mr. Jason Thompson. Oh, and so it begins. Miss Christy Woke. Hi. And Mr. Chuck Hey Yo. And joining us for the first time and the last time is Matt Williams. Good evening. So or afternoon or yeah. Whatever time of day you happen to be listening. So, uh, Mike, uh, how does this work? This last time, we're, we're, the last episode we do, we actually have a full panel. That's amazing. But how does this work? Uh, well, uh, we, <laughs> we've got 32 Babylon 5 related things. We put them in these tournament style brackets, which you can still download from our website at geekfights.net. We're keeping it going. We're keeping the website alive. The feed's going to be there. The brackets will still be there. Um. We're each going to uh, pontificate on our thoughts on each of these. Uh, we'll vote, and it'll get whittled down until something is crowned the best of Babylon 5. And uh, as far as how we do this, what the hell, one more time, uh, that can best be explained by this pre-recorded message. If Webster's Dictionary were enlightened enough to have an entry on Geek Logic. It would define it as any argument you can use to back up your choice. You define the terms any way you like, as long as it supports your claim and makes sense to you.
el diccionario de Webster era suficientemente iluminada para tener una entrada sobre el lógico geek, lo definirá como cualquier argumento que puedes usar para soportar tu elección. Tú definirás las termas como tú quieres, solo que tú entiendes el sentido. enlightened enough to have an entry on geek logic it would define it as any argument you can use to back up your choice you define the terms any way you like as long as it supports your claim and makes sense to you enough to have an entry on geek logic it would define it as any argument you can use to back up your choice you define the terms any way you like as long as it supports your claim and makes sense to you Webster's Dictionary were enlightened enough to have an entry on geek logic. It would define it as any argument you can use to back up your choice. You define the terms anywhere you like, as long as it makes sense to you. And that's geek logic, and that's how we do it. It better be the very first pre-recorded message you ever did. It might be a new one. It might be a new one. Why would you waste your time? <laughs> <laughs> All that right. might be the Spanish one or the one I did as Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh, that'll be good. I found that one by accident. Schwarzenegger one would be a good one. <laughs> Just put the Space Lincoln one. I don't think I ever did one of Space Lincoln. Thank no, you there me. wasn't a Space Lincoln or uh, was there a Stephen, Stephen Hawking? Hawking? No. Wait. Yeah, there was a Stephen Hawking, but he Hawking. wasn't Stephen Hawking's yet. Yeah, that's it, right. It, it was just a computer voice. Wow. Yeah, it wasn't uh, our An uncredited cameo by Stephen Hawking's before he was Stephen Hawking's. Anyway, uh, I'm going to murder like all good geek fights. I will murderize the pronunciations of all of this shit because I have only watched like four episodes of Babylon Five and I did not like it. Uh, <laughs> so, Mike, we're gonna go to you. Uh, I'm getting old because I can't read. Uh, Hadum. Zahadum. Nope. 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 <laughs> nope. Episode. Versus one of the first American shows on TV to tell a complete singular story. Uh, I love the episode uh, Zahadum. I love the planet. I love the the concept. Uh, if someone wants to pontificate about it, great. But I'm going to vote for one of the first American shows to tell a complete singular story because that's a pretty monumental achievement. It worked against them because back then with uh, very limited, I, don't, I think this was pre-DVD, but maybe you can get them on videotape. I had to borrow them on videotape from a friend. Um, no streaming. Uh, once once a show got started, if it had a big overall plot that you had to follow week to week, you, it was a hard. You had a hard time bringing in new viewers. Um, but they still did it, and maybe that worked against them. But uh, it, it was really the first time I had ever seen it done. And now you know we've just come off the end of the uh, Breaking Bad finale, and, and here's an example of how now that's just kind of commonplace for a TV show to tell basically a four year, five year set number of years to tell a single story of a single character. 
Uh, and that's kind of the norm. And, and really, Babylon 5 was the first to do it. It's the first I ever saw. Christy. Zaha Doom is one of the most important episodes in the entire span of the Babylon 5 series and the movies and all the, and the novels. But um, I guess I'm also going to go with the singular story arc concept because... Um, I had only seen episodic television before that, and that's what I like in science fiction. Like, I like, you know, my episodic Star Trek. Um, but Babylon 5 did this really well, and um, yeah, I'm going to vote for that. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Chuck? Um, all right. I, a lot of people know I usually don't really prepare for the geek fight, so I'm not sure what episode Zaha Doom is. So someone's going to have to key me in. Uh, Zaha Doom is the season three finale where uh, where Sheridan uh, ends up jumping. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was yeah. really good. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that's a really good one. Um, hmm. Uh, yeah, I like the whole first story arc angle, too. Uh, especially, I think, Babylon 5 kind of jumped around networks. The fact that like it even didn't get canceled before they told the whole story was kind of a miracle, but um, I'll uh, throw some love towards Zaha Doom, a pretty great um, moment where Sheridan, I think, is basically on like an exploding planet and jumps into an explosion, and that's the end of the season. And then you're like, what? And um, then you have to hope the show wasn't canceled uh, for the next season to be able to find out what the hell happened. So um, yeah, I'll go with that. I'll go with. Zaha Doom. Zaha Doom. Jason? Uh, I kind of see where this is going, so this does give me the chance to pontificate on Zaha Doom. Uh, the very first time Sheridan speaks to Kosh about the shadows, uh, Kosh tells him, if you go to Zaha Doom, you will die. And every time the subject comes up uh, throughout season two and building through season three, if you go to Zaha Doom, die he keeps he you, you'll go there you'll die and he get they build up and build up in fact in the final six or seven episodes of season three they start uh, a z minus a certain number of days they did a countdown leading up to it kind of felt it coming especially when uh sheridan's dead wife shows up and tells him you've got to come with me and of course where else too but zaha doom he goes there and the shadows kind of, you know, do the typical villain thing where they try to explain uh, their point of view and why, you know, the, everything you know is wrong. And it did something very interesting, at least for me. It didn't, you know, change my opinion of the shadows as a villain. It did make me think that, wow, the Vorlons are as big assholes as you are. And <laughs> the great thing about Sheridan is. He knew he was going to die. He goes there anyway, but he also dies on his terms. He, uh, he uh, brings a couple of nukes and calls them down and blows up their capital city and, and dives into a you know, bottomless chasm. Uh, it's a great episode. Uh, Christy's right. It's probably the most important episode of the series. That being said, I, I also have to vote for one of first American shows to tell a complete singular story. Well, that made that <laughs> easy. Oh, <laughs> Matt? 
I can't uh, argue with anything that anyone else has said. I love the fact that uh, Zaha Doom is probably, well, it's the only Wham! episode, as JMS would call it, uh, that's on the list. It's a great episode, but yeah, the fact that it's the first, uh, first American show to do, to do a five-year arc, a preset, predetermined end date for the series... Uh, something that's actually pretty special. So, gonna have to go with that. Yeah, America, goddammit. Complete um, something right. is moving on. Zaha uh, is not. We're on to our next fight. Christy, this one is yours. It is Veer, right? Am I saying that one right? It seems like it would be yes. Veer. Uh, versus Baby Lon 4. <laughs> Alright, so... um. I had a giant crush on two characters on the show, um, and Vera Kato was one of them. But everyone's favorite Centauri is Londo, so I'm going to vote for Babylon 4. <laughs> oh, that's Babylon 4? I thought it was Babylon. I apologize. Uh... Uh, Chuck? <laughs> um, yeah, this is a kind of a weird matchup. Uh, Veer, uh, actually, I forget the name of the actor, but I believe he's actually Dom DeLuise's like nephew or something like that. And um, he has kind of this very kind of nervous, uh, um, almost Woody Allen-esque type uh, uh, way about him. And uh, the reason he actually got the to play the character was because when he showed up um, for the audition, all the people auditioning had their hair kind of done up in the weird kind of Centauri alien way, and he didn't have his hair done that way. So he actually went into the bathroom and took a tube of toothpaste and tried to kind of like sculpt his hair and ended up just looking ridiculous. And he went into the audition kind of like apologizing, acting kind of nervous and stuff like that. And basically some producer was just like, all right, this is the guy that we want. Um, so uh, he's uh, uh, very great for the, uh, uh, the character. Babylon 4, um, basically the reason why it's Babylon 5 is because they tried, they built five stations and they kept getting destroyed or whatever. Um, kind of like the Monty Python. First, we built it, it fell into the swamp, then it burned down, fell into the swamp. And for some reason, they kept building stations there, but uh, it does make an appearance later in the show, which is very cool. Um, but I'll have to go with Veer. Veer gets a vote. Jason. Uh, uh, Babylon 4, uh, I think it was online for something like 24 hours. It was completed, it was built. Uh, what happened was uh, the first three stations were uh, destroyed in industrial accidents. And then basically 72 hours after Babylon 4 went online, it disappeared without a trace. And it turned out the main characters traveled back in time to steal it, to send it further back in time. Uh, Zathros. To, yeah, Zathros. Yeah. Uh, but Veer, oh my God. Uh, Stephen first... Uh, of St. Elsewhere and Animal House fame uh, was was the actor's name. And he played this great, seemingly bumbling, good-natured, uh, if a little uh, pessimistic character uh, who was just brimming over with awkwardness. And that was the great thing about Veer. Uh, you could always count on him to make a tough situation awkward and usually funny. And uh, his interactions with Londo were just 
wonderful through the whole series. And he ends up Emperor of the Centauri. So I'm going to vote for Veer. A vote for Veer. Matt? <sighs> Tough one for me. Veer is a wonderful character. I love the sweetness that he brings to it throughout the whole run. But there's just something about Babylon 4 and all of the episodes that it's involved in. Mm. You know, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be voting for Babylon 4 in this round. I think Veer's going through, but I gotta get show some love for Babylon 4. It is all tied up. Comes down to you, Mr. Ortiz. Which one is moving on? Uh, I love Veer for uh, all the reasons uh, people have said. Uh, and uh, it was uh, Stephen First who uh, played Flounder in Animal House. Uh, much the same character. Um, but I'm going to vote for Babylon 4. Uh, it's it, it's really, I, I love just kind of the, in, in a strange way, it has its own arc through the through the series. Well, I guess I can explain it in the next round, so I'll just vote for it here. Babylon 4 is moving on. We're on to our next fight. It is Veer's description of sex versus, what is this, Nerpon? Oh, sorry. Nerun. Nerun, sorry. It's very tiny. It's down there. Uh, Chuck, that's you. That's what she said. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I'm going to need uh, help on both of these ones. Uh, well, Narun is the uh, is the Minbari who uh, keeps on popping up and uh, being an antagonist, and re- uh, ends up being a hero at the end. Yeah, hmm. he replaced um, Delin on the Great. Oh, he was on the Warrior cast, and uh, he had was it the Black Star? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yep. yeah, yeah, and, uh, yeah. So I they were these remember. fierce warriors that hated the fact that the Minbari surrendered. And then eventually, and he was he was half half religious, half warrior cast. Okay. And in the end, he sacrifices himself for Delenn. Yeah, didn't he like change like the cast, like the balance of power and the council or something? Yeah, he was given yeah. Delenn's seat, yeah. and then the warriors took over. Right, right, okay. And then what's the who put on the, the description of sex? What what was that? Uh, in the episode, I think it's the episode where uh, he's trying to help his nephew and her and his uh, bride escape. See, there's six. It, they, they don't have bases. They have six. And one is like, uh, two is a little bit better. And by the time you get to five, it's like, uh, uh, uh. all right. Okay. <laughs> hmm. I'm not Will sure. you describe that again when it comes around to you? <laughs> I might. Okay. All right. Um, hmm. I'm not really married to either of these. I'm going to flip a coin here. I got a heads, the rune, tails, veer. All right, it's heads. Naroon gets a vote. Uh, Jason. Okay. Uh, Naroon is is a great character. Uh, he shows up, I think, in it's a first season episode where he's he brings uh brings a uh, the remains of a uh, fallen warrior to to the station, almost uh, kind of saber rattling. And he seems, you know, he's this great antagonist. He basically tries to foil Delenn at every turn until finally, at the end, you see he's really just an honorable man fighting for what he believes in. And it turns out he was just misguided. Uh, meanwhile, Veer's description of sex. Uh, you know, it, 
he's it's the delivery uh he try he's trying to explain sex uh, centauri have uh tentacles uh, i guess would be the best way to describe it and males apparently have six tentacles and the more tentacles are involved the you know more intense the sexual experience and like beer says with one it's just eh, and two is a little bit better and at the end he he's explaining this to ivanova who uh who's just mortified beyond belief because it as like Veer says, by the time we get to five, it's a, <laughs> and so there you go. Uh, I'm going to vote for Veer's description of sex, uh, but I'm not going to do it again. <laughs> <Matt>. <laughs> well, uh, I put Naroon on the list and he's, he's my, my absolute favorite uh, ancillary character in the show. Um, just because, just because of the, of the arc that we see him go through, there's, you know, the show is built on arcs and Nerun's arc is, is uh, pretty, pretty incredible when you, when you think about it, he's, he goes from being, being a complete antagonist to all of our, all of our main characters. But uh, every single time he comes in contact with them, you see him grow a little bit more, uh, more understanding as he understands what the, what's going on with these humans. And in the end, he has the respect for Delenn to realize that, wait a minute, uh, this isn't, wasn't the plan that she told me. I'm going to uh, take her place and uh, let her continue so that she can set up the society that's, uh, that uh, we as the Minbari are going to continue in the future. Uh, so um, I cannot possibly... Uh, vote against Naroon here in the uh, first round here. A vote for Naroon. Mike? Uh, I will vote for uh, for Veer's description of sex. Uh, I do think Naroon is a great character. Uh, he has a great character arc, but it, it's a very kind of classic character arc. Uh, he views himself as a hero. We view him as a villain only because he's kind of the antagonist. But from his point of view, he's right. Um, and, and in the end, he winds up turning uh, turning good and uh and kind of understanding and, and you know, you you see character growth in him over the course of the show so it's a, a very very rich uh, character in performance and portrayal um but i'm i'm going to vote for the uh description of sex um you know specifically here and then generally at, at one point on this list uh i had um londo's prehensile penises uh in general but they i wound up putting other things but I, I mean, in addition to just kind of the funny, dirty aspect of it, there's actually kind of a really sort of neat science fiction thing there. And in, in, in most science fiction, we have humanoid looking characters, certainly bipedal characters. And we know it's entirely because it's, it's, it's cheap. Uh, if they look completely human, then that's perfect. But then maybe we'll stick a little appliance on. And Babylon 5, certainly uh, many of the aliens uh, had sometimes a lot of makeup but they were people with makeup. And the, the standard thing with that is that anybody who has that kind of structure uh, has compatible genitals. Uh, and that's why they can make babies. Um, but the Centauri look like people just with kind of pointy noses and ears. And, and the hair thing is just hair. Uh, anybody could cut their hair like that, I guess. Uh, but then all of a sudden when you discover six basic tentacles, 
that are their 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 penises, uh, you're just reminded just how completely alien they are. And I mean, you get remi- reminders when a doctor's working on the guts, and they say, "Oh, this is different in there." But uh, when you, there was a statue, I think, where all you thought they were like rays or something emanating from the character, but no, it was actually six kind of erect penises, but they don't look like penises, so they can show it on TV. So for being this weird, very sci-fi alien thing that they did, uh, I'm going to vote for the uh, description of uh, of uh, Centauri Sex. It is all tied up. Comes down to you, Christy. Which one is moving on? This sucks because this is the first one that's actually really, really hard for me. Um, hey, yo. I, <laughs> well, that's what I said. <laughs> okay. Um, so... I agree with everything that Matt said about Nirun. Um, he is a testament to Babylon 5's writing. Um, he is like not even a tertiary character. He's like even farther back than that. And he has such a complete solid story arc. Um, but um, Veer's description of sex and just the whole Centauri sex thing that. Um, Mike was just talking about Babylon 5 is known for like being dark and it's all politics and religion but it's also hilarious it's really really funny um, and I think we all forget about that sometimes so I think I'm going to vote for Veer's description of sex and Veer's description of sex is moving on we are on to our next fight Jason this one is yours is Lanier versus uh, what is this Gar how do you say this Gars Jakar. Jakar. Declaration of Principles, which states (sighs) the universe speaks in many languages, but only but only one voice. The language is not Narn or human, Centauri or Guam, sorry, Gam or Minbari. It speaks in the language of hope. It speaks in the language of trust. It speaks in the language of strength and the language of compassion. It's the language of the heart and the language of the soul. But always, it is the same voice. It's the voice of our ancestors speaking through us and our voice of inheritors waiting to be born. It is a small, still voice that says, we are one. No matter the blood, no matter, no matter the skin, no matter the world, no matter the star, we are one. No matter the pain, no matter the darkness, no matter the loss, no matter the fear, we are one. Here, gathered together in a common cause, we agree to recognize the singular truth and this singular rule that we must be kind to one another because each voice enriches us and ennobles us and each lost voice diminishes us. We are the voice of the universe, the soul of creation, the fire that will light the way to a better future. We are one. Jason, that's yours. Man. uh, My second favorite Jakar, uh, I guess, writing. Uh, I, I'll speak about uh, another one uh, when later on in the list. Lanier is a great character. Uh, he was introduced in uh, season one as uh, Delenn's aide, and uh, he seems like a typical, you know, aide. You know, other than being an alien, uh, and bits and pieces you learn. You learn about him. You learn, he's, you know, like Delenn, he's a member of the. Uh, Third Fane of Jidomo, I think. I can't remember. I, I, I didn't do a rewatch or anything going into this. Uh, 
he's in the same, I believe, the same cat, uh, clan as uh, Dylan, but I'm, I'm not sure. Uh, he's smart. Uh, he, you learn that he's in love with Dylan, but it wasn't a romantic love, at least until the fifth season where they kind of stepped on that as far as I'm concerned. But uh, I'm going to vote for Jakar's Declaration of Principles because I, I thought it was a great moment uh, for the series when they introduced the Interstellar Alliance. Matt? Hmm. Well, I, I really think I'm, I'm just going to be voting for the, uh, for the uh, Declaration of Principles. Not that your that your delivery wasn't wasn't uh, good, uh, Damon. But uh, no, it it's, it's <laughs> but uh, it it was it was very touching, and uh, it's one of the few things on on this list that uh, actually no, I take that back. There, there's an awful lot of love for season five on this list, but uh, you know, I never really uh, I never really connected with Lanier as as a character on the show. So I'm going to be uh, voting for Jakar's Declaration of Principles. Mike? Um, I like uh, Lanier a lot. Again, he's another great character. Uh, but I, I find uh, on this show, I, I lean more towards towards some of the ideas um, than, than necessarily the characters, or at least you know outside of some of the major characters. Um, and, and this is just a great idea. It's, it sums up. Uh, entirely what the show has been telling us um the the religion that was introduced on the show the, the foundationalists i think uh stephen uh franklin was a, a member of that and they they believe that all that truth is kind of at the heart of of all religions the thing the places where all religions uh human and alien intersect is where you find truth and it's this kind of big idea that runs through the series that was very very well uh summed up and that declaration of principles, which, you know, in the show, it's the declaration of, of, uh, whatever. I don't remember the name of the, uh, actual Alliance, the uh, interstellar, interstellar alliance. alliance. Um, but it's also a declaration of the principles of the show. And really kind of, even though a show that's filled with aliens, it, it's theoretically the, uh, the declaration of principles of, of mankind. But, uh, you know, on, on the show, well, on the show and in mankind, we, don't necessarily live up to him that well, but it was just a beautiful statement. And, and again, it just Jakar, Jakar, the character becoming such an eloquent writer uh, on the show, which is not something that's really touched on much, but you know, all of this wisdom that he writes down is all just really just beautiful stuff. Christy. What everyone else said. Chuck. Is it a clean sweep? Um, no, I'm going to vote for Lanier and here's why. Um, I could see why he's not kind of one of the super lovable characters, but he's still a good character. He has kind of like the restrained uh, love for the land that he never mentions. Um, there's a lot of good linear moments that can kind of be glossed over. And uh, I'm also voting for him because I think Jakar's declaration of principles is good, but uh, both Jakar and Londo have like, in uh, a couple of just great moments where they have these great speeches. They're basically kind of two kind of war heroes or big leaders of their country that had kind of these prescient moments of understanding of power in the universe and how things work. And they have a lot of great moments and speeches. And 
while the Declaration of Principles is a good one, it's one of uh, several really great uh, speeches or um, kind of prescient um, observations by Jakar himself. Um, so for that reason, I'm voting for Lanier. Yeah, but uh, the Declaration is moving on. We are on to our next fight, and I'm not going to say all that shit again. Uh, Matt, this one is yours. It is Delenn versus you're not the only one who's been touched by the what is this Vorlons? Yes, Damon, that is the Vorlons. Oh well, I put uh, I put that uh, that uh, quotation in the uh, list, and it's it's representative of one of my favorite scenes of season five. It's a culmination of of so much. It's pretty basically the end of the telepath arc in season five. It's a confrontation between, between Lita and, and the entire security staff. And basically just Lita takes control of everyone on board, on board the station in the area, just casually takes control of, of all of them. It's like, you know, what are you going to do to me? You can't take on somebody who's been touched by the Vorlons leading to a great power up of the PPG and there's Sheridan standing right next to her with a with a with the gun to her head, saying, "You're not the only one who's been touched by the Vorlons." It's a great moment, a great great cap to to a, to an awful lot of of uh, intrigue with the Vorlons and uh, the telepaths, and bringing that uh, to a final conclusion. So I'm going to be voting voting for that. I'm sure that there will be much love thrown for Delenn because she is uh, such a central and uh, great and complex character. Uh, but I will leave, uh, leave the uh, love showing for Delenn uh, for the rest of them. I am voting for, you're not the only one who's been touched by the Borlons. Mike. Uh, yeah. I mean, that, that actually is, is a, is a great moment. And, uh, and, and kind of, if you really look at it in the larger context of, of the telepath war, uh, and all of the stuff with the telepaths, um, it it certainly kind of it takes on a great resonance, and it's a nice uh, nice conclusion. Uh, and even though I, I you know just got finished saying that I tend to lean uh, to, away from uh, characters on this list, um, the lens role. I mean, it's it it's hard kind of to talk about Babylon Five without talking about the lens. Um, you know, she is is one of the key characters. Um, certainly a very strong character uh i um i think she has one of the strangest kind of arcs on the show which uh which uh you know it's certainly you know the the transformation from from one race to another is not kind of a, a common sort of thing that you that you see uh, even in science fiction um but uh yeah i mean i'm sure we're going to be talking about her a lot so i'll just vote for delenn Christy? Yeah, it's kind of hard not to vote for Delenn. She's one of the central characters. We were just talking about how Jakar eloquently sums up, you know, our ambitions of peace and togetherness and all that um, for the Interstellar Alliance. But um, Delenn is like a physical representation of that. Um, And I'm, I'm sure she'll be moving on, so we'll just talk about her later. Chuck, um, 
Well, one thing that's great about Delenn is that she warns the passengers of Oceanic Flight 815 about the others. Um, uh, the other thing, too, is the Vorlons actually had to elect <laughs> a, a new space pope because of all the people they touched. So, naturally, I gotta go, go for Delenn. <laughs> uh, Jason? Uh, I, you know, somehow I got that line confused uh, with the season two finale where uh, Kosh reveals himself out of the encounter suit. Uh, but uh, I, now that uh, you mention it, uh, I, I do remember it a little bit better, Matthew. Uh, so thanks. Uh, it, it is a cool moment. Uh, the whole telepath arc was uh, what I enjoyed out of season five because it, it felt uh, the whole season was a lot of wrapping things up. So it, it it occasionally felt like a bit of a letdown, but that's for another time. Uh, Delenn's this great character who, you know, she begins and you think she's just another politician. You learn that she's a, a ruler of her people. You learn that she's uh, this philosopher and devout study of her religion, which considering a thing later on the list is very interesting. Uh, she kind of steps into this huge role and, and all at the same time, she's uh, kind of ushering Sheridan along the way and she uh, falls in love with him. And uh, she's just this fan- fascinating character. And it seems like everything you learn about her makes you want to learn more. Uh, so Delenn. Mandolin is moving on. We're on to our next fight. Mike, this one is yours. It is the fans, which I think you have a lot to say about, versus JMS. Um, I, uh, you know, back, back when we first uh, couldn't put this show together, um, I think you kind of started complaining about the Babylon 5 fans and they're not stepping up to their show. Uh, and, and then I tried to put it together and, uh, and it, it kind of fell apart again. And then I started complaining. Uh, so I, I originally way back when we attempted this, uh, wanted to put the fans on the list to, uh, to basically complain about them. Uh, but now I'm going to vote for them, uh, for those same reasons is, uh, you know, Babylon five fans may not talk a lot about their, their show. And, uh, they may, you know, not be singing its praises, uh, even though like we are here tonight. Um, but now I think maybe that's a little bit of a good thing. You know, they just enjoyed it and they, they let it go and no one's begging to bring it back. No one's complaining about it. You know, Babylon five fans are about the only fans left that in some, that that aren't really kind of going on the internet and annoying everybody by bitching about things. So, uh, I kind of respect that. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm gonna vote for the fact that basically we we love the show and we'll talk about the show, but you know we're not screaming at our top of the lungs and telling people they should watch it or bring it back or anything like that. So for for our our tremendous restraint, I'll vote for Babylon Five fans. Uh, Christy, wow, <laughs> I do um, agree that I think the kind of people who like Babylon Five are generally just not bitchy people. Um, I, I, I guess I'm going to vote for uh, JMS, though, because uh, 
form be corollary. Without him, we wouldn't have had the whole, you know, he had like um, plot points, the whole story arc of all the seasons laid out before he started writing the show. Um, so, I mean, it was super pre-planned. Um, I, I'm going to vote for him in this round. Okay. A vote for Juan Michael Straczynski. Um, Chuck. Yeah, I'm going to table the whole Spider-Man situation with JMS. I won't bring that into here. Um, and uh, the thing with the Babylon 5 fans is it's not so much that they don't bitch or vocal bats because they barely exist. You know, they make Nixon's silent majority seem like, you know, um, I don't know. It's just ugh, Babylon 5 fans. I think Babylon Being a minority 5, has never stopped anybody on the Internet. Yeah. But um, what I'm, yeah, but there's such a minority that you don't even hear them on the internet, and uh, I would like to hear some kind of buzz because I actually think that Babylon Five would be a great show to remake, kind of like how they did with Battlestar Galactica. Um, yeah. Uh, because the problem is, is that it's just so campy and almost unwatchable to a new audience um, um, now. Like if you experienced it when it came out, you can still appreciate it. But, like, if you just have some kid just, like, throw in season one of Babylon 5, they're going to, you know, be like, yeah, okay, I'm not watching this. Um, and the thing, too, is that um, even Straczynski's writing sometimes is kind of, like, hokey, kind of, like, 30-ish, kind of, like, you know, like, for instance, um, uh, some of the writing is a little spotty, like, uh, with Garibaldi, where he's like, I have to crawl back in the bottle again. It's kind of like this cliche, like, 30s kind of, like, like come on, man. But, uh, but anyway, I'm going off on a, a rambling tangent here. The fans of Babylon 5, if you bump into someone who likes Babylon 5, it's rare. And we don't all remember it that well, but it was a great show. Um, but really, I think uh, Straczynski was ahead of his time. Uh, uh, had an a overall story arc. They used like CGI way before it was kind of being used. A show was actually in widescreen, which was unheard of at the time on TV. Um uh, and he was kind of behind all of that. So for all those reasons, I'm voting for him. And I, th- I feel like the fans have kind of faded away. They're not really a presence anymore. Uh, vote for JM as Jason. Uh, well, you know, uh, back when the show was running first air, uh, there was this great information guide uh, website called the Lurker's Guide to Babylon 5. And yeah, I think I it's that. still uh, there. Yeah, I'm. I I kind of wondered that uh, Straczynski used to post to the message board associated with it. And uh, the fans kind of took the name Lurkers and they kind of took the attitude of Lurkers. They were just, they were there. Uh, they were enjoying the show. Uh, they were supportive of the show, uh, but they were just quiet. Just, you know, it's, you know like Mike said, uh, just kind of, uh, all right. Uh, oh, this this show's been great or, Oh, this show's just been okay, but we're just going to kind of take it in stride because we're enjoying the overall thing. Meanwhile, Joe Straczynski, uh, I mean, you talk about ahead of his time, he started coming up with the idea. I think someone said something like early eighties, uh, when he first was, uh, out in Hollywood, when he was writing on, uh, shows like murder, she wrote, he was coming up with the idea for, Babylon 5, and he pitched it absolutely everywhere. Uh, he came close a couple times. One of the times he came close with was uh, 
with HBO, and then another time he pitched it to uh, Berman and Tiller at Paramount, uh, the and which caused a rather infamous rivalry with Deep Space Nine, with both sides kind of accusing the the other of plagiarism. But I I, I personally come down on the side of Babylon Five for that. But uh, it was he wrote. I think every episode from the middle of season two all the way until I think late season four or possibly into season five, uh, he was, you know, he basically beat on the drum as much as he could to keep the show going another day. Uh, you know, he fought with the syndication release to make sure episodes were released in order. I mean, the guy wasn't so much a, television producers he was a, a fascist dictator and normally I, i'm against fascism because i'm american but in this case it gave gave us some really great television so joe michael straczynski Django michael straczynski gets another vote uh, matt um well i've got to i've got to say that you know the babylon 5 fans were were huge on the internet you know, during the run, you know, you know, I was, I was on the internet. It was with, with the run and, and back and forth was, was pretty good. But I would say that JMS is actually one of the reasons why the fans are so quiet is because, because of his, uh, of his plotting out of the entire story uh, from beginning to end before the show even began, he crafted an ending that was satisfying. You now, fans watched the show, and they weren't they weren't left with that uh, with that. I want more. They were left with. That's how you end a story, and so, you know, it's it's like when uh, when you when you read read through uh, Lord of the Rings, it's a complete story. And you feel satisfied at the end. You don't feel a great. A lot of people won't feel a great need to go right back and and uh, and and read it again, or or want to know. Okay, well, what happened next? Uh, because you were given an awesome ending, and so because of that, uh, I have to uh, vote for JMS. And JMS is moving on. Uh, you guys are long-winded as shit. <laughs> We're like 45 minutes in. And we, we haven't even made it to the second half of the first round. So let's uh, pick up the pace a bit. <laughs> long-winded mofos. Uh, but J- uh, Django Michael Straczynski is moving on. Uh, the, 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 the Jay Silent. Um, Don't worry. It's, it's only the last Monday we'll miss Monday Night Football. So I'm not missing it. I'm watching it right now. Um, <laughs> Christy, this next fight is yours. It is, what is this, Bester? Yes. Huh. Versus uh, Earth Civil War's Ark. Uh, Alfred Bester is like an awesome villain, played by Walter Koenig. Um, I- I'll keep it short for right now because he certainly has to move on. Okay, so uh, Bester? Uh, vote for Bester, Bester, child molester, Chuck. <laughs> yeah, um, the Earth, Earth Civil War arc is good. Um, really good, actually. One of the better parts of the show. Um, and this is like Mike was saying, are we going against a kind of 
ideas, concepts of the show or characters, but I agree with Christy. Uh, Bester should move on. This was one of the, the instances where, like, Chekhov had a, another moment to not be a typecast, kind of like racist uh, stereotype, and uh, he did a pretty good job of being kind of like this uh, ambiguous, like, he was a villain, he was a bad guy, but sometimes he was good, um, sometimes he helped him out, he was a fun character, uh, enjoyed him throughout the whole show, so I'm going to vote for Bester. Bester, Bester, child molester gets another vote. Jason? Sorry. Uh, I, I, I like Bester. Uh, I, I liked what Walter Canning brought to the character. Uh, I liked the things they revealed, but the problem with Bester's is problem I have with a lot of characters a lot of times with characters like this you have no idea of anything he revealed anything that was even revealed around him was true and it's especially true considering the man is an incredibly powerful telepath who could just manipulate the brains of those around him meanwhile Earth's Civil War arc you know uh, if this was a Star Trek show uh, uh Earth's government had gone fascist during the buildup towards the Shadow War. It turned out the shadows were manipulating the Earth's government to, you know, kind of get groups separate. Their whole goal was to separate uh, people and get them fighting uh, to make them stronger. Uh, and they did a pretty good job of turning Earth's government against everyone, including uh, Babylon 5 and uh, Babylon secedes from the Earth Alliance and if had this been say Star Trek the second the shadows were out of the way well it, you know Earth's government would turn around and that would be handled Every, everything, everything would be hunky dory again that didn't happen here it spent the entire fourth season was about undoing this fascist government that Earth had built around it and Sh uh, Sheridan kind of stepping to the forefront politically as a as a revolutionary leader. Uh, so I'm going to vote for the Earths of War arc. Matt. This is a tough one. Uh, Bester is undoubtedly um, the best villain in the series. Uh, short of the shadows, but the shadows are kind of nebulous. We never actually never actually get to get to know them. Bester, he's the he's the leader. No, he's not. He's not really the leader, but he's he's the underground leader of of the Psychor. He's he's the face that we get to see of them. And well, I'm not voting for Bester, so I won't go on about him. <laughs> I'm voting for for the Earth Civil War arc uh, for many of the reasons that uh, that Jason said, and I wanted to also. Uh, get it in there because it's an example of one of the few things that uh, that really got shifted around because of because of the show not having a permanent uh, permanent network. It was uh, basically done in syndication, and when it was looking like like the show was going to be going to be uh, not picked up after after season four. Uh, they sped up an awful lot uh, of the Earth Civil War arc 
and it was still that good. Um, you know, just bringing them all back, uh, taking Earth back, and and the whole and the whole arc that began all the way all the way back in season one, episode one. We have all of the uh, all of the machines in place uh, in the background. The whole thing is is uh, bubbling until it spews over in in uh, season three. So I'm going to be voting for the uh, for the Earth Civil War arc. It is all tied up. It comes down to you, Mike. Which one is moving on? Uh, this sucks. Um, I love Bester as well. He's got great geek cred uh, on many levels. Uh, not only is he check off. Uh, but he's also named after uh, the the writer Alfred Bester, um, and he was a great character. He has a great arc, like many of the villains. Uh, he winds up kind of redeeming himself, uh, at least in a little, a small way. And like many of the villains, he is looking out for his people. But the Civil War arc uh, is is a big, big part of the of the story. Um, and yeah, you're right. It's the the groundwork is set. It all just sort of slowly falls into place and. And I think the uh, the end, the premature kind of ending of the show or ending of the arc uh, actually worked to its advantage. I mean, it 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 started off kind of slow, and then eventually it really kind of kicks in, and it's a, a major story. And then it just sort of at the end uh, just you know runs at this fever pitch towards a conclusion that that was supposed to be stretched out more. And it was it was just kind of this amazing thrill ride at the end. Um, and uh, well, I think it's probably going on, so uh, I'll, I'll vote for it. What are you voting for? I was watching football. Uh, the Civil War. Civil War is moving on through. Uh, yeah. For the first unknown fight of the evening, Chuck, this one is yours. It is Lando Malari. Uh, what, yeah, Malari, whatever. Versus. The unknown pick that Chris Mitchell picked, and he's never, ever, ever seen the show. <laughs> and his unknown pick is uh, the guest writers and contributors. The very large list of pretty awesome guest writers and contributors. Chuck? Yeah, I'm definitely not voting for that. Um, I'm going to go vote for Lando Malari, uh, probably one of the best characters um, in the show. I think uh, both him and Jakar are basically some of the best characters, probably the best actors on the show. Um, um, so, yeah, I'm definitely going for Malari. What's the score? Uh, it is currently all New Orleans. It is 35-17. All right, good. Got them in my football pool. <laughs> in your football pool. Jason? And, uh... I mean, they're, they're, the guest contributors was great. Uh, among them, Tony Dow, uh, formerly of Lubin Bieber, uh, DC Fontana, and the uh, ever entertaining Harlan Lieber Ellison. Come on, man. Yeah, Tony <laughs> Dow was Wally. On the, he was Wally, yeah. the older brother. He directed uh, a lot of stuff. Yeah. Um, Neil Gaiman. But, yeah, Neil Gaiman. But uh, one of the two most important casting jobs that they did right at the beginning were Lando and Jakar. And I don't think with any other air, uh, 
actor Londo works. Uh, Peter Jurisic plays such a nuanced. Uh, I mean, one moment he can be upbeat and bombastic, and the next he'll chill your chill your heart uh, with how vicious he can be. And he goes he goes the full gambit from this sort of drunk ambassador in a backwater posting to well at the end of this, at the uh, end of season five, not counting sleeping in light. He's the emperor of his people, and everything and like Bester before him, everything he does is for the good of the Centauri Republic to see its glory come again. And boy, does that come come back at him uh, in the worst possible way during the course of the series. So. I've got to vote for Londo. Londo, Matt. Londo also has the uh, has the benefit of being the first voice that we hear in the entire series. Uh, way back in the uh, way back in the pilot, he's the he's the character that gives the opening monologue, tells us what the show is going to be about. And really, he is such such a good character that uh, I'm going to go straight with that. I can't really uh, can't really vote for the for the uh, guest writers because, gee, uh, JMS did so much of the writing. Fifty nine episodes in a row. Um, <laughs> Mike, Lando Malari is my favorite character on Babylon Five, so I'm going to vote for. Him. Christy, is it a clean sweep? I was just going to say the same thing. I was going to say that Londo Malara is probably everybody's favorite character on Babylon 5. Um, and we'll just talk about him later. <laughs> no, my favorite was that chick Whatever. who was like half naked. Oh, yeah, that one. Yeah. That, that one. That one. Who banged uh, Londo? I don't know. <laughs> the guy with that hair thing on his head. Yeah. Uh, Remember then, that like new security chief that tried to like bang charity? No. Yeah, like, <laughs> uh, yeah it was like uh, when they changed like that martial was law the, and that was the political officer. Yes. Who was brought in. Anyway, so next fight. <laughs> you damn Babylon 5 fans. Jason, this one is yours. It is Ambassador Kosh versus Dr. Franklin's addiction arc. Oh, this is a rough one. I, I love uh, Franklin's addiction arc. Uh, it kind of started, I want to say, late season two, but it really ramped up during the course. Well, it ran through most of season three. Uh, he becomes addicted to stims. Uh, basically, it looks like a coke metaphor because that's the way he acts to me. And it reaches a point where he makes a mistake. Uh, so he resigns his post and basically goes on walkabout on the station to try and find himself, uh, comes back stronger for it. Uh, but ambassador Kosh, Kosh is the, uh, the Gandalf character. Uh, there's a lot of Lord of the Rings parallels and, and illusions because, uh, Straczynski was a big fan of the books. Uh, Kosh kind of provides cryptic advice. Uh, he seems He's inscrutable. You can't figure out where he's coming from and what he's doing. And then uh, his death in season three it broke my heart because by this point, he has this sort of weird father-son relationship with Sheridan. So I'm going to vote for Kosh. 
the original Kosh, not the fake Kosh. Uh, vote for original Kosh. Matt? Um, I can't disagree with anything that was just said. Uh, I put Dr. Franklin's addiction arc on here, and I put it on here because it's not your typical um, addiction story. Um, you know, JMS brings brings the addiction uh, story back in season five with Garibaldi, and it's that one was just so much more heavy-handed um, and a little less organic. It seemed you know, Dr. Franklin picked up his picked up his addiction because. You know, he was working a lot, so he needed to he needed to stay awake and be able to do his job, and got got hooked, and it played out over you know a whole several seasons, uh, just uh, just popping up here and there in the background and and being important when it needed to be. Uh, that being said, I cannot vote against Ambassador Kosh. Um, Kosh is, you know, his his lines are are all of my uh, all of my signatures for uh, <laughs> for for being online. Uh, you know, the Koshisms are so much fun and so cryptic. Uh, so I'm going to be uh, voting for Ambassador Kosh. Mike. Yeah, uh, the the addiction storyline is uh, is quite good. Certainly, very different uh, from I think what you saw in a lot of science fiction at that time. I mean, they really took a character, a lead character, to a dark place. And you know, by the end of of his walkabout, uh, you know, he's isn't he injured or something like that? Yeah, he uh, he has to, he gets injured. I think he gets shot down and yeah. down below, and he has to crawl to a med clinic somewhere down there. And, by the time that happened, so many people had like left the show and been written out of the show and contract disputes. I fully believe that maybe that he just like asked for more money, so they decided to shoot him because that's the way the show kind of rolled. I mean, they lost a lot of characters and had to replace a lot of so it becomes very believable that someone could die. Um, but uh, I will vote for Kosh because he's an angel. Oh my god! Are you an Are angel? You an angel? <laughs> Christy? Yeah. Okay. Um, everything everybody else just said. Um, and it's, it's, I was going to say something about Kasha's death also. It was just really strange that you don't really get to know him and he's always in his suit. So, I mean, I mean, you see eventually, but, and he reveals himself to like Dylan and all that, but you really, really, really feel heartbroken at the end of that. Um, when he dies. So, um, I was just, I mean, that's not the reason I'm voting for him, but that's just a thing. But, uh, Kosh. <laughs> Spoilers. I didn't know Kosh died. Jeez. Louise. Hope you get <laughs> sleep tonight, Damon. Oh yeah. I will be able to. <laughs> Chuck. Uh, all right. I'm, I'm a little on the other side of the eight ball here with Dr. Frank, but I think his character sucks. Um, I think the actor's bad. I think the character's terrible. All the stuff he says is just so like cliche. Like I'm trying to help people and save people, and uh, and another thing too is he accidentally kills someone because he's on all these like stimulants. So he goes on a walkabout, which is supposed to be like a parallel to some kind of like Australian or like Native 
American thing where you travel around and try to discover yourself. But all the guy's doing is putting a backpack on his back and walking around a space station. You have intergalactic travel. <laughs> you can travel around the fucking universe. And the guy's just like walking around a space station for a whole season. That character sucks. The acting was terrible. You know, God rest the actor's soul. But, oh, man, he was so bad. Like, I... I I felt like he was such a wooden character. He wasn't interesting. He was one of the least interesting main characters of the whole show. Um, and I'm going to vote for Kosh. I think he was cool. Uh, the whole cryptic angle was fun. Um, I do think they kind of um, kind of really led you on for a long time. And all of a sudden, boom, he's, you know, space angel for all the, the cultures and stuff like that. And they kind of sped it up all of a sudden and killed him. <laughs> which was kind of a waste, but uh, definitely a much more interesting character. Dr. Franklin, oh, man, I hate that character. He sucks. Ambassador Kosh wins in a clean sweep. Space Angels. Uh, I remember that. I remember when Mike was like, you got to watch him with the Space Angels. It was amazing. I, I honestly remember the Space Angels. I don't, re- don't know what they look like. I don't know the impact. I just know that it impacted Mike greatly. Um, <laughs> on to our next fight. Uh, Matt, this one is yours. It is Delenn's threat in Severed Dreams. I'm assuming that's an episode. Versus William Edgar's speech about power. Oh, I remembered the speech, and I, I th- thank you for for putting the link there. Uh, link there, Mike, to the to the speech. That it, it's a good speech, uh, but it's up against uh, an even better speech. Uh, Delenn's Delenn's threat to the to the uh, the Earth warships that have come to take back Babylon Five uh, at the end of that episode. Um, that's right. Uh, they had just fought off a whole a whole wave, and they and the station couldn't take anymore. And all of a sudden, here comes here comes three more ships through the uh, through the jump gate, and. Then there's even more jump points coming up, and wait, wait a minute, it's Delenn, and she gives the threat. Uh, why should why should I should I uh, surrender to you? There's only one Earth officer who has ever survived combat uh, with with Minbari, and he's behind me. If you've you are in front of me, if you value your lives, be elsewhere. It's a great line. It's delivered fantastically. And as much as I like the political intrigue and, uh, and social commentary that's included in the uh, William Edgar speech, I'm going to have to go with uh, Delenn's threat from Severed Dreams. I'll vote for Delenn's threat. Mike? Um, I will vote for uh, William Edgar's speech. Um, I-, I thought that was, that was one of the things that the show did, did very, very well. Um, and, and actually in, in finding that YouTube speech and watching it again, uh, I was, I was just amazed at how, uh, meaningful and, uh, and spot on and, and important everything in it, uh, that was said, uh, applies even more today than, than when it did back then. Uh, basically Edgar's is, is schooling Garibaldi on how the world really works and, and basically flat out says no one has ever taken power. Garibaldi says, oh, they need, uh, they need, the telepaths would need a huge army to take power. And he was like, no one's ever taken power. Power is always freely given 
by people who are stupid or scared or both. And it's given to people who promise them things that they want, promise to right the wrongs and take care of the bullies and protect them. Uh, and, uh, it, you know, he goes on about basically how this, this is how Hitler took power. This is how all these different tyrants have taken power. And that's how power's always been exchanged, uh, in this country or in this, on this planet. Uh, and, and that just kind of continuing on into the future. And then he even talks about how, uh, the real power has been in the mega corporations and that they just let the politics play out because that's, that's good drama to keep people distracted while they run things behind the scenes. Uh, you know, all of this stuff was flat out set on television. I mean, how many years ago now? 15 years ago. Um, really, really kind of ahead of its time, poignant, uh, powerful stuff. And then that's, that's what science fiction does best for me is this idea of being able to talk about the world we live in, uh, very frankly and starkly by setting it in a world we don't live in. And, uh, and this scene just kind of encapsulates that on Babylon five. Yeah, that one thing he said. He's voting for that. Christy? <laughs> um, yeah, I'm also voting for William Edgar's speech about power. The lens threat, it's an amazing moment. It's a super intense episode, but I can kind of roll it into Delenge's characters that she's moving on already. That uh, The speech, uh, William Edgar's speech, is... There are a lot of speeches in Babylon 5, and some a lot of them are, you know, hokey, and, um, I mean, there's, it still has um, meaning in it that I believe in personally, but um, this isn't, this isn't like that. This is just a, this is how it is. Um, everything that Mike just said that I cannot eloquently say, and not, I'm not going to repeat, so. Um, that. that thing. That thing. Got another said. vote. That's what uh, he said. Chuck? Um, yeah, I think Mike really hit the nail on the head. Actually, uh, after Babylon 5 had aired, I hadn't rewatched it until it came out on DVD. And um, I got all the sets and everything like that. I worked at a Borders at the time, and I, I got it from there. And uh, I remember I was rewatching all the Babylon 5 episodes in kind of like the post, like 9-11, you know, 2002, 2003 uh, time and a lot of the kind of like uh, Earth stuff with like the president and the Night Watch and all that stuff, I felt like uh, was really like resonating with me with the, like the Patriot Act and invading these countries and all these excuses for military action and stuff like that. And um, all all that kind of stuff was still very poignant and uh, really kind of made you realize how well done the series was and it had some certain timeless elements to it. So um, I'm definitely going for the William Edgar's speech. William Edgar's speech gets another vote. Jason. Uh, uh, any other actress would have portrayed that it, and it would have been just a 80s action movie moment. And I wanted to give uh, Mira Ferlin props because it, she says it in a way that's far more powerful than that. But the interesting thing about these speeches about any number of things, these monologues that Straczynski writes, writes into the shows, they express so many interesting views and they express them in such a heartfelt way that five years er, after five years of watching the show, I still had no idea what Straczynski's opinions are. And I, I consider that a very good thing. He doesn't preach at you 
Uh, he just presents things as they are from different viewpoints, whether they're pragmatic or uh, jaded, bitter, or optimistic. You, you get it all during the course of the show in, in these monologues. So uh, William Edgar's speech about power. And the speech about power is moving on. We're on to our next fight. Mike, this one is yours. Uh, who are you versus what do we want? What does that mean? Uh, versus uh, Sinclair is Valen. Um, or Valen. Valen. Uh, this, is, this is tough. These are two, uh, two really kind of interesting concepts. Uh, I'm going to vote for who are you versus what do you want? Uh, those are the, the key questions asked by the, uh, the Vorlons and the Shadows. The Vorlons ask, who are you? The Shadows ask, what do you want? Uh, and, and in many ways, those two questions and th- those questions and people's ability to answer those questions are kind of the, the journey that they, they take on the show. Um, Sinclair's Valen, uh, the re- revelation that Sinclair, the first uh, captain or commander of Babylon 5 that got replaced by Sheridan, uh, turns out to go back in time and be the Mimbari leader Valen. And this starts the whole uh kind of Mimbari and human souls interlaced. It's, it's complicated stuff. If you haven't watched about, ba- if you haven't watched Babylon five, you probably have stopped listening by now. But, um, if you haven't, uh, it, it's a very kind of key plot point. Um, I'm going to vote for who are you versus what do you want? And again, it becomes kind of the, the bigger concepts versus the smaller concepts. I think that's what the show did. Well, uh, hopefully it'll move on. I can talk a little bit more about it later, but right now I'll just vote for it. Uh, Christy, <laughs> why are you laughing? Are you laughing because it's funny? Hello, he's laughing at you. Why that right there? He's okay. not talking. Okay. Is Christy about to go bold Joe Pesci on us? No, <laughs> no. oh my god. Okay, anyway, um, so who are you versus what do you want? It's the overarching construction of the entire series, but I'm going to vote for a Sinclair as Valen. Um, I'm in Bari, not born of Mimbari. The whole, I mean, he's the whole reason why, uh, why the earth Mimbari war was stopped. Um, it, and it's such a like strange thing. Like why, why the whole, um, humans sharing Mimbari souls and it's very strange and it fuels, you know, Delenn's transformation, though it was prophesized. Um, but I'm going to vote for Sinclair's Valen. Sinclair is Valen. Uh, Chuck? Uh, yeah, I, I agree with Christy. Um, the who are you, what do you want was cool. Um, but I felt like it was kind of one of these um, we're trying to be all mystical and clever and you know ultimately it was all right you know some cool themes uh sorry mike but uh um the sinclair is valen is great because the original captain or commander or whatever the hell of babylon 5 from season one who actually was like a harvard literature major was replaced by a much better actor you know uh, bruce boxliner uh but um all of a sudden you think this guy's gone and he pops back up the same actor and the way that they like sink it back into the whole story is really great. And ultimately because of Sinclair's character, 
the Mubari did not wipe out all of humanity. So um, it was a, a cool shock, a cool revelation, and they weaved in a previous character in an interesting way into the show, which was is kind of one of the great things about Babylon 5. Which one did you vote for? Sinclair. <laughs> Thank you. You have to say it at the end, or I will not know what the fuck you voted for because I am not paying attention. The Saints. <laughs> uh, Jason? Uh, yeah, the whole Sinclair arc, uh, I, I think it would have had more impact if he had been on the show the whole time. Uh, it, but, you know, I. I I do. I, that's one of the few things that makes me wish Sinclair had been on the show the entire time, just because I feel that that impact of him be, leaving, going back in time, and becoming this major religious figure to the Mimbari would have been just heartbreaking. Yeah, but you uh, thought he was gone. Yeah, forever, he did think he were gone. And up. any uh, any other show, he you know he just would have been you know gone. But they gave it a reason. They made he. Show made things matter, but who are you versus what do you want? Uh, is it's more than just the questions. It's how these characters define themselves. They either they define themselves by who who they are, what they believe in, uh, where they come from, those types of things, or what they want, what what their goals are in life, and it leads to extremely important decisions and it, there's one more question that'll come back later but I'm voting for who are you versus what do you want it is all tied up and it comes down to you there Matt which one is moving on this is crazy um, I put Sinclair's Valen on this on the list um, and it's interesting because because uh, Sinclair was actually written out of the show uh, by JMS because he didn't have anything more to more to do with the character. Uh, he chose that uh, Sinclair was Valen. You know that was mapped out before the before the show started, and and he was, but he but he wasn't important to the end of the story. He was only he was only important for the fact that he was going to be Valen. Um, but the the choice between who are you and what do you want, the questions uh, that the Vorlons and the Shadows ask respectively uh, really are defining. Who are you? Well, well it's, it's going to be moving on because I'm voting for it, so we can talk about that uh, ad nauseum uh, later in the, in, the, in the episode. But, uh, yeah, I'm going to be voting for who are you versus what do you want. Uh, ad nauseum is exactly what's going on, and we're moving on. <laughs> Christy, this next point is yours. It is uh, Mr. Morden versus the very long night of Londo Molare. The episode. I'm definitely voting for the very long night of Londo Molare. Um, it's from season five. Um, besides being a Londo heavy episode, it, this is the episode where he's like basically like his entire life. We get to see, right? And yeah, I, like, he has the heart attack, oh, okay. and then he, yeah. okay, yep. Oh, so good, and just the, the end where Londo apologizes to Jakar is the best moment in any episode for me. 
Uh, as I said before we started, it's been a really, really long time since I've seen Babylon 5, but I will always remember him talking to Jakar. And oh, it's so good. And it's also kind of heartbreaking because this is also um, the episode where Lanier finally leaves Delenn to go become a ranger. Um, that's kind of awful also. Okay. Oh, okay. Uh, Chuck? Yeah, that's a good episode, but uh, the problem with Babylon 5 is um, I feel like you can't really pinpoint one episode down. It's, it's an overarching series, and uh, the bottom line is that Londo actually wouldn't be important if it wasn't for Mr. Morden. Um, the character, you know, the actor wasn't, you know, it's, it's kind of like a B-level, you know, I'm on crappy cable sci-fi TV uh, uh, acting level, but he's a very important character he's a mysterious character you're not sure if he's an actual human or alive um the way they ultimately kill him and the whole uh, uh veer you know waving in his face you know because he died uh, um really he's really a, a a main character that weaves throughout so many important storylines um even the way londo ultimately has him killed because he doesn't think he'll you know take his bluff blowing up parts of the pl- of his own planet. Um, yeah, again, uh, Mr. Morden, key part of like the whole story arc, a great character. And again, Londo would not be as relevant without him. So I got to go with Morden. Morden, Jason. Morden's this great character, uh, reminiscent. The actor must have taken some cues from Rod Serling because that's sort of the cadence he speaks in and the posture he adopts. Uh, he shows up in season one asking each of the ambassadors what did they want over and over again. Looking for a particular person, a person he can use and the person he ends up finding is Londo. And he kind of becomes this driving force uh, for all the things that the Centauri do specifically to the Narn. But uh, that one meeting in season one is the downfall of the entire civilization. On uh, the other hand, uh, Londo's most important episode is probably the very long night of Londo Malari. He suffers a heart attack from the stress he's placed himself under emotional stress and uh, has this sort of vision of his life, sort of a, a Christmas carol type vision and there's things that they point out they they call or they show you what they're going to do to Sheridan during the course of that episode uh, there's a lot of cool stuff going on in there uh, so I'm going to vote for the very long night of Lando Malari long nights long nights Matt well this is actually a very very easy decision for me um, I really didn't care for the very long night of Lando Malari it's uh not uh not not an episode that really stands out for me uh it's a lot of stuff that that we've seen kind of before uh but mr morden is is a pivotal character that uh smarmy smile and just asking everybody over and over again what do you want um and the pushing that he does uh of of uh of londo throughout uh, their relationship. Um, 
He's he's a pivotal character. Uh, he's not in the main cast, but he's so pivotal. I have to vote for Mr. Morden. He kills Adira. It is he does. all tied up. Comes down to you, Mike. Which Son one is bitch. moving in? This is going to happen. Um, I have I. I I really love it's a very the very long light of, of not Londo Malari. Uh like I said, Londo is my favorite character. Uh Londo may be empowered by Morden, but you know, it's it's still kind of Londo that uh that is the character that has that arc. Um but I'm still gonna vote for Morden. Uh I thought the the weird performance was really worked for the character. I mean it's a very minimal character. Uh, he's sinister uh, somehow, but but he's sinister because of kind of the the artifice that he that he has. We don't really know who he is, or, or or I mean, we eventually find out, you know, that he's he's one of the humans that the shadows uh, had found. But you know, early on, we don't know if he's a construct. We don't know if he's an alien in some sort of form. It's very very weird performance, a very detached performance, and very very creepy. And uh, and yeah, he really is kind of the catalyst for for the shadows' plan. Um, so I think, uh, you can invoke a form B corollary here and say, no, Mr. Morden, no very long night of Londo Malari. So Morden, uh, vote for Morden and Morden is moving on. We're on to our next fight. Chuck, this one is yours. It's Vorlons versus white star chi- class ships. Oh, definitely Vorlons, uh, Vorlons. Um, we start off. You know, because of Ambassador Kosh, we think they're these weird, misunderstood aliens. And then after he's gone, we realize, well, maybe the Vorlons are evil. Uh, uh, they, they fly like these weird ships that are organic. They were able to like smuggle people out of the station in them. Um, everything about the Vorlons is very mysterious. But ultimately, we find out that maybe they're evil. Uh, they're part of like an old race before the new era of, of the race aliens out there. Uh, everything about them is just more interesting. White star class ships are cool, but not as interesting in my opinion. Uh, vote for Vor launch, Jason. Uh, the white stars were introduced in uh, season three uh, right off the bat. Uh, they're a small little uh, speedy ship. Uh, man- comprised of Vorlon and Mimbari technology. Uh, and they sort of become the signature ship of the show. Uh, most of it, it, it allowed them to leave the station uh, or gave them excuses to leave the station. But the Vorlons, uh, you know, there's the, they're this race that are thousands upon thousands of years ahead of where humans or even the Mimbari are. Uh, they're, they're detached because they've, They've been around so long. They've sort of become uh, waxing philosophical in their old age. They experiment on races to make you, or possibly to make you see what you want. I, I'm I, I'm still not quite sure because the person who claims that isn't exactly trustworthy. Uh, yeah, they're. I think they're the most interesting race it, on Babylon Five. There's more interesting characters of other races, but the Vorlons as a race are what fascinated me the most. Vorlons. A vote for Vorlons. Matt. Interesting matchup here. We've got uh, two things that are essentially uh, represented on in other places on the on the list. Um, I choose to uh, 
to keep Ambassador Kosh as the representative of the Borlons, and I will vote for uh, the White Star class ships. I am God here. Mike? Uh, I will vote for the Vorlons. Uh, I agree. They they are probably my favorite overall race. They're very mysterious. Um, I've always dug, uh, st- you know, stories of, of space gods. Uh, you know, in, in the comics, there's lots of, of sort of space entities. Uh, but uh, the Vorlons were a great example of that. Uh, we never did quite get the whole story. We know they were... Uh, among the first ones, and they were the last of the first ones to to hang around shepherding younger races. Um, they uh, they abducted Jack the Ripper and uh, used him to their own strange ends. I'm still not really quite sure what his purpose was in that episode uh, to torment Delenn or something like that. Uh, so yeah, very strange, very great, heady sci-fi race. Um, I thought it was cool that when they show the human beings one million years from now, uh, when our planet is dying and they are leaving, that the humans have uh, developed in countersuits much like the Vorlons and have become kind of like Vorlons themselves. So uh, maybe the, the Vorlons are our future. Uh, so, uh, so yeah, I think I uh, vote for Vorlons. Christy! Vorlons! And Vorlons are moving on. We are on to our next fight. Jason, this one is yours. It's Jakar versus Objects of Rest, the penultimate episode, which this is also the penultimate episode, but it's not because there's two more episodes. <laughs> <laughs> Blew my mind. Uh, Jakar, earlier I said Londo was probably the most, or one of the two most important casting decisions that Straczynski made. Jakar is the other one. Uh, I, I honestly, I can't name an actor who I would trust with this uh character he showed in the beginning he's essentially a half terrorist half swarming politician uh he's making arms deals and uh he's sleeping uh he has some sort of fetish for human women uh by the end of the series he's a religious leader and it's not like oh well i got screwed up in my political Career, so I'm going to start a cult. It was no, he he underwent a genuine transformation, and uh, it, at the heart of all all of his life is this struggle with the Centauri. He grew up a resistant, or he grew up in the Narn resistance, and uh, ev- so it colored his political views. He wanted to destroy the Centauri Republic, and by the end of the series, he pitied. Centauri, specifically Londo. Uh, he's this fantastic character who delivered so many great lines because uh, Andreas Katsoulis is just, he's got a fantastic voice. So, Jakar. Jakar gets a vote, Matt. Uh, I'm pretty sure that Jakar is going to be moving on, but I've got to, uh, got to show my love for objects at rest. I it's like the first uh, it's it, really objects at rest is the finale of the show, uh, regardless of the fact that, that we have, that we have sleeping in light, uh, sleeping in light works as a, works in as, as an epilogue to the show, but really objects at rest is, it's a series of goodbyes as uh Sheridan and Delenn are, are leaving the station for 
what'll be pretty much uh, the last time they're not going to be living on the station anymore. Um, it is, it's, it's a love letter to the fans from, from JMS giving us uh, the closure that you really want at the end of a good long story. And so I'm going to be voting for objects at rest. Mike. Jakar. Christy. Yeah, I'm, I agree um, with Matt, but I, I have to vote for Jakar. Chuck. So you agree, but you don't. Uh, yeah, well, right. I agree, but that's not what I'm voting for. Uh, okay. So okay. you don't agree. Whatever, dude. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Hell, hell, I agree with everyone on Jakar, but I'm voting for objects of rest. <laughs> All right. Um, definitely Jakar. I think Londo and Jakar are the best characters in the show, and I'll talk more about Jakar later. The hell you will. Jakar is moving on. We're on to our next fight. Matt, this one is yours. It is John Sheridan himself, that one guy, versus the ship's designs. This should be very easy. Yes, it should. Um, uh, it's got to be, got to be Captain John Sheridan, Star Killer himself. Uh, he's he's the uh, Jesus figure of the show, and uh, uh, I think that's enough to be said about him for right now. Uh, voting for John Sheridan, Mike. Uh, Sheridan will probably win, but I'm going to vote for ship designs. Um, I think. Uh, I think, I mean, he's a great character. I, I enjoy him a lot, but he's he's not something very, that I think is particularly unique to Babylon Five. Uh, even his kind of messianic role doesn't doesn't fit as well on him as I think it did uh, on on Cisco uh, when uh, when kind of Deep Space Nine had a similar sort of art. Um, but the ship designs are very unique. Uh, each each race's ships uh, look very different, and that's nothing new. But the the, the race's ships really do kind of kind of fit the races in many ways. Um, they were uh, a good variation on the types of, of ships from, from Star Trek. Uh, they have a, some of them have a more utilitarian design. Some of them are just plain crazy, uh, asymmetrical. And, uh, and yeah, there was just like a great variety. I think because they used CGI instead of real models, it, uh, it afforded them the ability to do some things that you just couldn't do with, uh, with traditional model building. So, uh, because Sharon, Sharon is great, but he's a very classic, uh, hero that, uh, that you can see in a lot of stories, but I've, I've, I had never seen the variety and interesting looks of spaceships that we saw in Babylon five. You see more now because CGI is everywhere, but, uh, but yeah, Babylon five, yet another way that it was kind of a pioneer. Mike, you're absolutely right. I'm changing my vote. Well, there you go, Mike. You're an asshat. Uh, Christy. Well, I was going to vote for the ship designs, too, because while John Sheridan is, like, the central character, I don't think that he's anyone's favorite. Like, he can... He's pivotal to the story, of course, but the ship designs are cool. And um, the station itself is awesome. Um, Implausible, I suppose. Uh, But ship designs. Ship designs. Chuck, this is fucking bullshit, Mike. You're good at spinning <laughs> words and stuff like that, but like, don't get me wrong. Okay, they use CGI, 
that was impressive, but like pioneering, it was like you're watching ship designs, but from Sega CD. And uh, furthermore, the ship designs were very derivative. Like the, the, the fighters from Babylon 5 were basically just like X-Wings. Um, okay, things, you know, for certain alien races were like tailor-made, but basically they were just ripping off Star Wars and Star Trek. Um, uh, sure, they use CGI, but uh, it doesn't hold up well. It doesn't look very good anymore. Um, I don't really like a lot of the ship designs. I even own the fucking micro-machines of Babylon 5. They came up with Star Wars, Star Trek, Babylon 5 micro-machines, and those were the worst ones. Um, like, if Sheridan goes down to ship designs, you guys suck. You're changing your vote? Come on, man. A vote for John Sheridan, Jason. Okay. Uh, yeah, I like the ship designs and all, but the thing about Sheridan is he spent the whole season with Sinclair, this rather contemplative, almost uh, angst-ridden commander who's essentially completed the journey of his life. He just doesn't realize it. And they replace him with John Sheridan, who... It, at first, is seemingly this upbeat guy. He has this great speech uh, about it that he makes everywhere he goes. He's you know he you know talks about oranges and uh, things. He seems to be happy, almost happy go lucky. And he's come into this place where you know dark things are already happening, and everyone kind of points out the fact that you know you're probably not going to be here very long because the last guy we thought was going to be around. For a while, and he ended up getting, you know, fired and shipped off to Minbar of uh, in the middle of the night. And as this as season two progresses, you find out perhaps he's uh, a military plant. Uh, he he's involved uh, in the growth of a counter group uh, within the uh, Earth military. Uh, he has this interesting romance with with Delenn. That kind of progresses slowly. Uh, he he becomes a political leader. Uh, he hasn't. He kind of he's the first to see Shikar as this different character uh, because Shikar was still defined in his season one role, but he was already changing. Uh, he has a great relationship with Kosh, uh, and by the end of the series, yeah, he's a messianic character. Uh, but I, I felt the journey was was earned, and you kind of go with it every step of the way. And the story of Sheridan is the story of Babylon Five. So John J. Sheridan, a vote for John J. Sheridan. But you guys voted for the way the ships look. This Wait. is bullshit, man. <laughs> are you guys for real? Apparently they are this, because this I'm the worst on. decision in the whole show. <laughs> No, nope. I I believe Christy was right. Uh, John Sheridan is a uh, more generic character, uh, and the worst more decision. generic than the ship designs. Yeah. By the way, for the record, he is my favorite character. The, I'm sorry. Yeah, well, yeah. let's vote against him. All right, okay, that's a good idea. I did vote for him. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I like how I you suck. <laughs> Fuck you, Mike. Mike, he always has to come with these fancy things. <laughs> Randomly lashing out at everyone. Yeah. <laughs> Last fight of the first round. Thank God. Mike, this one is yours. It is Marcus versus the other own unknown pick, 
which I went all the way back to the first guy that ever sent us an email. The first guy that we didn't know at all. And we were like, wait, do you know this guy? I don't know this guy. Uh, Robert Alden. Uh, he was our first like first letter. He wrote the first anything to us. We were like, yay. Uh, he's a huge Babylon 5 fan, but he's also extremely shy. Uh, he came up with, what is this? Alwyn McComber? Is that how it? McComber? I don't know how you say that, but it's Alwyn McComber is the other one, Mike. I don't know who that is. Motherfucker, that doesn't help. Anybody know? If I'm not mistaken, he's the, he is the uh, kind of uh, priestly guy who comes on board and and uh, redeems Jinxo, the guy who uh, says he can't leave Babylon 5 because he worked on all the other Babylon stations, and when he left, that's when they blew up or disappeared. Uh, was he the space monk? Yes. 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 Yeah, space monk. Yeah, it's space. Was that the uh, was that Brad Dorif? No, his, his name is Roy Brocksmith. Space monk, bald guy. Okay, no, not bald guy. He's got uh, the he's, long, he's, the long white hair. No, 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 no. Oh, oh no. from the episode Grail. Oh, that's David. Uh, it's David. Nope, nope, character. nope, nope, nope. It's Aldwin <laughs> McComer. I'm looking at the Babylon Five project yeah. on Wikipedia. Either way, fuck him. Uh oh, he's he's a bald headed guy. <laughs> He is a space monk. It is Roy uh, Brocksmith that plays him. Hmm. He's a human member of the Alnarshaw. I, I was never a big fan of Marcus. <laughs> Christy. Um. Yeah. I mean, I put him on the list because I was kind of struggling for things to come up with. Um. I mean, he's he's in the Rangers. He's part of the um. What is it? Uh. Something of light. I'm sorry, guys, right now. Um, I mean, he's his death was the reason why Lanier, well, not the reason, but one of the reasons he left Dylan to go become a ranger to fight the good fight, y'all. I, you know, but I mean, it was his hair that always bothered me because he looked like what would be on the cover of a romance novel. And that's kind of the way they portrayed him a lot of the time. Um, but I don't remember. That's why you put him on here. Oh. No, that's not. But uh, <laughs> you're a jerk. I'm going to vote for him because you said that. So you're voting for Marcus Cole? Y- yes. Okay. I, I'm really, really not paying any attention. <laughs> I'm joking, Chuck. Yeah, I'm voting for Marcus, too, because he can't really trust Space monks, they're probably touching people as much as the Vorlons. He was posing as a space monk, though. He wasn't really, was he? Even worse. <laughs> yeah, that's no, not helping. I'm, I'm looking at the link that uh, that Damon sent in, and it's he's he's uh, from the from the episode, uh, well, from the the season four finale, the one that was uh, reput reput in there. He's the monk that uh, monk that was a a ranger on uh, future earth. Not helping anybody. Uh, Jason. <laughs> oh, I remember hey, him. Hey, uh, Owen, yeah, he was cool. Owen took time out of his busy schedule of uh, running recall and trying to get Dennis Quaid to take the pill uh, to help rebuild the civilization of earth. But on the other hand, Marcus has, you know, this great little two season arc. Uh, he's, the self-described uh, Sir Galahad 
of the of the round table. Uh, it, I think it's I think it's a joke because the character's uh, a virgin. Uh, he has this sort of crush on Ivanova, and Ivanova spends most of the time thinking that you know she's having none of it. Uh, but you know, Marcus by the end is this really cool character. Uh, who sacrifices his life so Ivanova can continue on. So I'm going to vote for Marcus. A vote for Marcus and Matt. Uh, just because of the relationship that uh, Marcus uh, forges with uh, Nerun, who was voted off earlier, I'm going to be voting for Marcus. And Marcus Cole is moving on into the next round. We are at the break time, so we'll be back right after well nothing there's not going to be anything there mike it's just going to be silence for 35 seconds it's going to disturb all of you please don't put silence in there mike but it's break time This is Seth from the Gamma Quadrant Podcast, and you're listening to Geek Fights for the last time. See you around, Alan. I'll be yeah. back. Bathroom break and, and you know, reloading break. and Stop fucking talking, you long-winded fucks. <laughs> Mike, you should put 36 seconds of silence. In Mike is gone. <laughs> he is gone. He might hear this part, but yeah. he is gone. <laughs> Long-winded bastards. Okay. What? Everyone's talking a lot, but it's all interesting stuff. It's different, like, when people are just going on. Well, maybe I, it's because I like Babylon 5, so I'm, like, enjoying listening to everyone. You know what it is? <laughs> you know what it is? It's Babylon 5 fans are so used to not knowing anyone else who likes the show. <laughs> that they're, 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 the second they come in contact with other Babylon 5 fans, it's like it just kind of boils out of them all these all these opinions and oh it's, it's someone okay. who understands <laughs> no this is not nearly as bad it's not bad or at all it's just i don't want to be here yeah i'm but tired <laughs> it, it's yeah it's no uh uh for best of friends oh my god <laughs> this that seems like so you can awful. access it yeah that was so awful sorry no, I don't like friends also, so it was even awfuler. It was more awful. Yeah. All right, so did a Monkey McGee win? Who? No, your, your boy, Marcus, won. Oh, okay, good. Boy. Yeah, boy. <clears throat> yes, okay, we are right. being long-winded, aren't we? <sighs> Yeah. yeah. Oh, did you just look no, at a clock? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's good stuff, you know. Yeah. I think yeah. we've said a lot of what we were going to say anyway. Or you yeah, guys next, have. That's yeah, no more think. explanations. We just have to pick. I am going to do that. I'm just going to pick. Uh, okay. This oh. is also probably one of the most hospitable shows I've been on since probably Mystery Science Theater. Hey, because <laughs> I'm on. Yeah, it, it, Christy calms down everybody, even Everyone's Michael. <laughs> He's never a- ever been like rude to me. No, He's so nice. Yeah. Let's see. Well, if the uh, 
other rounds go as long as the go end up being as long as the first round when they're put together, I still won't be late for work. Oh my! Uh oh! What time do you work? Uh, I've got to leave. Uh, uh, I don't have to leave until uh, three hours from now. So. Oh yeah, it's not going to be that long. Yeah. Thank thank God. So I'm taking a bunch of pills right but, now. So I'll be but sleep. usually I am asleep now. So that's us. I'm sorry. Thank you for coming on, though. You have a nice voice, and you just say nice things. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sorry. You made the decision, pal. <laughs> <laughs> Nor am I. I've already missed three Monday Night Football games because of this. Oh come just, on! They were all not good. Just out of curiosity. Yeah, but I don't know. When is this going to be uh, posted? Uh, Monday, Tuesday, maybe. It all depends on if Alan can actually during the next Monday Night Football. Right? Oh, no, no. So, so the so this this coming week then. Yeah. Okay. Not to, not now. Well, now what is Tuesday for almost everybody on the call? Yeah. Actually, so just just a one week delay. Oh, we got not somebody in China on the call. No, no, he's in Wisconsin. Oh, okay. Which means he's on uh, Central Time, which means he's an hour behind us, and it just turned midnight for us, which makes it Tuesday for us, but it's still Monday for him, which means he's time traveling into the future, talking to people who are in the future right now. Nice. Are you eating some cheese products right now? I am not. Oh, Why and fuck, fuck you, Chuck. I think my reading <laughs> of that goddamn quote was pretty goddamn nice, goddammit. <laughs> I yeah, thought you might pretty, do the speech for, for having for having never uh, heard it yourself. I think you did an admirable yeah. job, sir. Never heard it. I can definitely say it's the worst reading I've ever heard of it. <laughs> that's well, that's I fair. Also it may be the only true. reading I've ever heard of it too. <laughs> fair. I'm fine with that. Just proud of it. Like, yeah. hey, I'm gonna be good. RB dudes, but just you know, for a second. I want to urinate right now. I'm peeing right now. In the mic, I want to hear it. I don't want to hear it actually. Please. Yeah. <laughs> too late. Too late. <sighs> you set us on this path. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've ha- how many times have we heard you, <sighs> Chuck? Yeah. Well, Ooh. I actually would have done it if Couple the battery times. on my laptop is uh, laptop isn't dead. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I was. Uh, I would have gone for it. You know, la- a last hurrah. You no, know, you don't have to go to the bathroom to pee. You can pee anywhere you want. Yeah, just pull a bottle out. That's what yeah, I well. did. I pee in bottles all the time while we're doing the show. I don't leave the chair, goddammit. I stay in this motherfucker. Oh, yeah. I'm glad I know that now. It's Well, uh, party's over, goddammit. It mm-hmm. <laughs> doesn't matter now. Mm-hmm. That great airbrushed version of Demon that I imagined it was now gone. Really? You didn't think I piss into bottles while the show's going on? I, I, I think I portrayed myself as that horrible of a human being that I would oh, do yeah? something like that. That's pretty racist. Why? Because I called myself a human being? No. You, know, you racist? Yeah. With black people just pissing into bottles? Just felt like throwing it out there. Yeah. Right. Seriously, I thought that the... I posted that picture on Twitter of... The frosted flakes next to the chocolate frosted flakes, and the the frosted flakes clearly say "great," and the chocolate frosted flakes do not say anything. Mm-hmm. They just well, say "chocolate frosted" in Spanish. Well, I gotta say though, like uh, I originally heard you on the the uh, Trekcast podcast, and I was surprised when I found out you were black. Yeah, I, you've told me this several times. Yeah, I was like, I was like, yeah, you do not sound like you're black. <laughs> What? Oh my yeah. god, dude. Yeah, well, I have a very high-pitched voice. and I, I, speak. I have to agree. I mm. did not know Nothing that the woman was black you. until he said he was. 
Do you guys know any black people? Yeah. yeah, I live in New Jersey. <laughs> Very few. I was like, I do, and I... But the, the problem with uh, black people <laughs> in general is that uh, we're stereotyped as one type of thing in uh, most uh, yeah. media. Well, so, like... I used to teach in a school of all black kids. Yeah. And they called me Mr. Pharrell. Yeah, well, there, there's so. also the <laughs> inner city. The inner city is all you see of black people in America. You don't see the black people who no, I've grow up in the, uh, suburbs. I've se- no, I've seen the suburb suburban ones too. Near the inner city, the suburban ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I live in the suburbs, dude. Do you talk to them, or do you just stay away from them, and hold your wallet in your pocket? No, no. Usually, I I, I pick them for my basketball team. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Mike is back. <laughs> he has no idea what we were talking about, but it probably something about show. suburban black people. Uh, we were talking about Negroes. Ah, yeah. Aww. Yeah, we were just saying Damon doesn't sound like he's black. Oh, and it, it, see, Christy did not look at her Twitter until her Twitter, her Facebook until now, when it said "I am the Lawnmower Man." But when I typed in "I am the Lawnmower Man," I actually started quoting Lawnmower Man during the episode. <laughs> mm-hmm. so you're oh, sorry, I missed that, dude. It's fine. Uh, I, uh, I said I am God here and stuff like that. But oh, I heard that. Yeah, I just didn't understand the context. I know it was. It was. I just said I'm all over the internet. I am the lawnmower man, <laughs> and then I said I am God here in the episode. <sighs> you're creating a complicated linkage. Very, very many complex media. layers you're you're putting out there. You need I to always tweet something do. else. Uh, I'm not tweeting anything else. I'm never tweeting again. We should put a code that you can only get if you follow us on Facebook and Twitter and listen to the episode. And write a review and um, fill out at least one of the pages on the wiki site because I stopped doing that like a long time ago. So, so in other <laughs> words, no one will be able to right. access this. <laughs> <You're> right. <laughs> uh, only, the, only the lurkers. Yeah, only the yeah. guy that made that last weird pick. Hey, there's a... <laughs> There's a, a decent number of people that download our show regularly that we have never heard of, heard from in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, it's called the government. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it might be the government. It is crazy. Like uh, when one of our posts goes viral on Facebook page, it'll hit like four or 500 people. It's like, Jesus Christ, really? But even the episodes, I mean, we get like 500 hits. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've seen like some that go into the thousands. Well, those are the really old ones, but that's because our our episodes are timeless. Well, they're usually the ones I'm on, right? Yeah. Uh, some of them, yes. I still think that I think Best Fictional Athlete was one of my favorite ones. <laughs> Air Bud should have won, man. <laughs> I'm so yeah. pissed about that. Maybe that's what we do through the end of the year. What? Just replay the best of geek fights. Just, uh, you mean cut together? Things our favorite moments and put them up there. Oh, that's a lot of work. I was, I was thinking just reposting old episodes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all of, all of Mike's pro Nazi uh, picks. I don't want to repost old episodes. Yeah. Did, a, did, have you guys done an episode best geek fight? No. Yes. Yeah, we did. No, we didn't. You yes, did. we did. I know you, you did just were part of it. Uh, the, but, uh, what, but it wasn't best geek fight. It was the things that won geek fights. Is right. what we, uh, what no, we did. the the one with me and Alan and Chuck that you oh, weren't that's on. Right. That's right. We did a mini. Uh, we did a half a half a bracket on best. Oh geek yeah, fight. I forgot about that. Yeah, so. and Schwarzenegger won, didn't it? 
Yeah. Yeah. What was the best, one of the best quotes ever in Geek Fights was the one, Mike, when you said that Jesus was defeated by... By log. By log, Jesus, two logs strapped together beat Jesus once. That was the best uh, one. I, that was the best thing I ever. don't know. Alan's whole rant on Twitchy. Twitchy? You mean Itchy? Uh, Itchy. Itchy. Sorry. Itchy was a weird snowball. I don't know how the hell that happened. Yeah. Alan's Alan's no, actually, it's it was all Jared's fault. <laughs> it wasn't Jared's fault. It is 100% Jared's fault because. Jared was the one who had to say, if you if the panel would be so kind as to stop sucking R2-D2's dick and realize it's Darth fucking Vader. And then Michael and Michael's like, oh, 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 I'm sorry. I was busy sucking R2-D2's dick. Yeah. So the whole reason that Darth Vader went down was so Michael could make a spite vote against Jared for pulling that. And then with Darth Vader out of the way, Itchy moved on. Yeah, we're crazy. <laughs> Anyway, and we're back doing what we do every week for the last fucking time ever in the wow. history of the universe. We are coming at you with Jared Formby, trademark geek cred. Uh, Christy, what is your geek cred? I also had those Babylon 5 micro machines and um, I had like all the action figures and I used to take this is when I was in high school. No, my gosh, I was in middle school. Okay. I used to take my Londo Malari doll with me everywhere. The end. I'm so sorry. It's that okay. sounds so creepy. And oh, somehow, I was a sad child. And somehow hot. Um, That's weird. Chuck? Um, all right. Well, uh, I guess I was the first guest on the show, and uh, I'm on the last episode. And uh, why the hell am I still here? Because you have no life for no friends. Thanks, Chuck. Um, You're welcome. <laughs> Jason? Uh, one of the few autograph pictures I have is of Bruce Boxleitner. And also, uh, Christie's Geek Cred hurt my soul because I was in college through the last three seasons of Babylon. I'm sorry. It's all right. I'm kind of old, <laughs> so now we're both old together. <laughs> uh, Mike, Mike and, uh, hurt it, it hurt Mike even more. Mike was well out of college at that point. <laughs> Not well out. Well out of college. Plus, I started college late and took a long time. <laughs> and first and last time on the show, Matthew, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, uh, for the purposes of this geek fight, uh, my geek cred is going to be that I own two uh, full sets of the series Babylon 5. The first one's not so impressive. It's just the DVD sets. Uh, but the second one it was actually my first. It is a copy of the entire series uh, recorded from, from, uh, from television and edited into a chronological order with all of the uh, commercials edited out. Uh, so I showed that to uh, several of my friends the second time around at college and uh, uh, made a few more fans of the series. You win. No, no, uh, Christy. I'm sorry. Going to school with Alondo Malari in your pocket. Little girl your with Alondo Malari. It was like one of those 14 inch dolls. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, you didn't know those were big action. Hey, those are like Barbies. <laughs> that was her Barbie. They were like taller than Barbie. Well, yeah, it was like Barbie size, I guess. Okay. A little the, more substantial. A lot. Uh, those weren't cheap from, either. 
That's why no, I didn't buy them. I had them all. Nope. Moving away from hot, moving back to creepy. All right. <laughs> <laughs> but your geek cred goes up. <laughs> all right. Let's jump back into the fight. Uh, Christy, this one is yours. It is the complete run being one big complete story from beginning to end versus Babylon 4. Babylon 4 is awesome. I'm voting for Singular Story, however. Singular Story gets a vote. Chuck. Singular. Wow. Every little step she takes. Um, Jason. Considering the sheer amount of hassle just cast changes caused uh, Singular Story. Matt? I'm also going to be voting for the Singular Story on account of... uh, all those changes were developed uh, with trapdoors, so they were all planned. Mike, is it a clean sweep? Nope. <laughs> just, of just course not. <laughs> no, I mean, the, part of the problem with something like choosing the the, the big storyline, and and you know, this is this is something that Jared's kind of voiced, is the idea of picking big moments and small moments, um, and and that's kind of a little big. Uh, and a little broad, but uh, it, it is moments. Thing, things like Babylon Four. I mean, in the the way that Babylon Four is introduced, it's kind of this mythological thing. It's almost a joke. Then it becomes just. The, I mean, it travels through time, and it becomes kind of this story. This story point that goes away, but then comes back, and you find out is actually more complicated. It's tied to the bigger story. It's essential for the. Uh, the previous shadow war because it goes back in time to become a, a base station. So in a strange way, the mythology just sort of runs through the movement of Babylon four. And that's just a really kind of interesting story. And, and you know how it, it, it involves time travel in a way that actually does kind of work, which really surprises me a lot and makes me very happy when I see it. Uh, so even though it's losing, it was still a really great, very, very well executed sci-fi idea. And I think that's, that's a little bit more indicative of, of kind of what what the show really brought. I mean, the big storyline is great. Everybody's kind of done that since then. Um, how well it worked out is iffy in some spots. Uh, they certainly did a great job with what they had. But, uh, you know, sometimes it's the little things like the cleverness of Babylon 4 that, uh, that really make you love a show. Asshole. Fucking... Singular is moving on. I'm just going to call it singular storyline. It is moving on. We're on to our next fight. Chuck, this one is yours. It is uh, Veer's description of sex versus the uh, Gahars, whatever his name is. Declaration, the thing that I said in the beginning that sounded awesome to people who had never watched Babylon 5. Gahar. <laughs> A vote for Gahar. Jason. Uh just the number of times I've laughed at your description of sex uh, requires me to vote for it at least one more time. Sex! Matt? I'm going to have to go with uh, the Declaration of Principles. Yeah! Mike? You know, I thought you did an awesome job reading the Declaration of Principles. In fact, I'm going to play them right now. The universe speaks in many languages, but only but only one voice. The language is not Narn or human, Centauri or Guam, sorry, Gam or Minbari. It speaks in the language of hope. It speaks in the language of trust. It speaks in the language of strength and the language of compassion. It's the language of the heart, 
and the language of the soul. But always it is the same voice. It's the voice of our ancestors speaking through us and our voice of inheritors waiting to be born. It is a small, still voice that says we are one. No matter the blood, no matter, no matter the skin, no matter the world, no matter the star, we are one. No matter the pain, no matter the darkness, no matter the loss, no matter the fear, we are one. Here, gathered together in a common cause, we agree to recognize the singular truth and the singular rule that we must be kind to one another because each voice enriches us and ennobles us and each lost voice diminishes us. We are the voice of the universe the soul of creation, the fire that will light the way to a better future. We are one. So I am voting specifically for your reading of them uh, in the previous round. Did you, so you're replaying it or are you playing the, the reading in the actual, or does it ever get read in the series? Oh yeah, it gets read. Well, then, then why wouldn't you play that one? That's much better than mine. No, because yeah, I yours, sucks. Was, yours was good. You've come so, so far from lamination of women. Lamentation of the women. <laughs> Thank you very much. Um, Christy? Um, I can just roll the Declaration of Principles into Jakar's character. So, um, And Veer, the Veer's description of sex is like on, the only representation of Babylon 5's humor um, on the list. So I'm going to vote for Veer's description of sex. A vote for Veer, but Declaration of Damon is moving on. Yeah, I'm going to just steal that. We need to actually yeah. take out uh, I'm going to reread that at a different point and put in uh, Star Instead Wars Geeks. No, no. no. no it's, okay. I'm going to put in Star yeah, Wars Geeks. that's the Geeks. Declaration of Principles of Geek Fights. Yeah, we are all be, one yeah. voice. It beats oh. the 14-inch. Yeah. The oh, no, nothing beats that. <laughs> I don't remember that. But we're on to our next fight. The Declaration is moving on. Uh, Jason, this is yours. It is Delenn versus Jan Michael Straczynski. I mean, I suppose I could go for form B corollary. But uh, I'm going to vote for Delenn. A vote for Delenn. Matt? Mm, I'm kind of torn on this one. Um, because I think that Delenn is going to be moving forward, I'm going to vote for uh, JMS. Mike? Um, oh, this is tough. Because on one hand, I, I am tempted to vote for JMS for things like Spider-Man. And, you know, he encompasses much more than Babylon 5. But does that make him the best of Babylon 5? Uh, yes. Okay. Well, Chuck says yes. So There you have it. All right. A vote for JMS. Christy? JMS, I think, would want you to vote for Delenn, though. Because, I mean, that's his, you know, he wrote her. He, he want, wanted to send that out into the universe so i'll vote for Delenn. i'll vote for Delenn. it is all tied up it comes down to you chuck um i don't think he would want you to vote for james uh for Delenn because he'd be out of a job uh he created Delenn. he created the whole pamplon five universe um so i mean that would be like voting for uhura instead of gene roddenberry yeah so i'm going for uh, jms <laughs> a vote for JMS Juan Mikel For the record, I would vote for Zoe Saldana over uh, Hell yeah. JMS. Oh, check your phone, Mike and Chuck. I both I sent you I both saw. pictures. Uh, Chuck's is not as good as what I sent Mike. Oh. I see no. I see no pictures. I sent you a picture in your 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 whatever. Next in Facebook. Fight. No, I 
to your phone, fool. No, nothing on my phone. I'm looking at it right now. All right. Well, you must not be near a Wi-Fi source because I, I sent you a picture. I'm Wi-Fi right now. <laughs> I sent you a goddamn picture. It's I'll racist. Send it again. I'm not. Oh sending wait, it again. Uh, I think I just got it. See? Uh-oh. Oh, there we go. See? Son oh, of a bitch. There we go. The Aryan flakes. Aryan flakes. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, this next fight is yours. It is the Civil War story arc versus Lando Malare. Well, this isn't fair. Uh, Lando Malare versus the Civil... I, just because it was set up so, so deeply and so subtly throughout the whole of the first uh, two seasons... Well, at least the first season, uh, I'm going to vote for the Earth Civil War arc. Earth Civil War arc, Mike. Uh, I'm going to vote for Lando Malari. Um, I'll pretty much play my my hand here. I will vote for Lando Malari for the rest of this uh, this geek fight. He is my favorite thing in all of Babylon Five. I view him as the central character. I I see this story for me resonating more as the, the tragedy of Londo Malari than any other single character. Uh, it, I mean, his, his moment of weakness is what sets everything in motion and his, it's a moment of weakness that it's pretty easy to understand. Um, so for me, everything pivots on him uh, and he's a great character, a great performance, all the things that have been said about him before. Um, he, uh, he's my favorite thing in Babylon 5, so Londo Malari. Londo! Not to be confused with Lando! Um, Christy? Yeah, Londo, without a doubt, he is the best written, the best acted. He's the deepest character. He shows the most... <sighs> he doesn't have anything cheesy about him. It, like everything, it, he's both arrogant and soft. And I mean, he, he's in love and he cares for Veer, but he's a bastard and he, he longs for the, the Centauri Republic to rise again. I mean, he has all this, these conflicts in one, one character. And it's not, I mean, everyone else has a lot of aspects to them too, but it doesn't seem like he anyone is a real person, but Lando is a real person and he is absolutely the best thing about the show. Chuck. Lando 45 works every time. Uh, yeah, I think that, um, Mike framing it as the tragedy of Lando Malari. It's kind of like how George Lucas claimed the whole six star Wars movies was the tragedy of Darth Vader, except this storyline actually makes sense. So Lando Malari. Ooh, uh, Jason. Uh, I'm gonna vote for the Earth Civil War art just to make it look closer than it actually was. <laughs> Lando, uh, thank you, sir. Lando and his doll are moving on. We are on to our next fight. Uh, Mike, this one is yours. The government is shutting down right now. Yeah, at this mo- moment in time, the government is shutting down. Absolutely, right this second. It wait, wait. No, thank God. <laughs> Okay, still have internet. Yes, but uh, the corporations are still going. Oh, so so I guess our government is still working. Uh, yeah, we don't actually. This is just going to show we don't really need them to keep things running. <laughs> it seems like a bad idea. Um, Mike. Oh, I don't know. My roads <laughs> just exploded, so uh, <laughs> <laughs> this could be a problem. <laughs> Local still government's still working. 
Oh, wait, local government's still going? Well, what the fuck, man? It's federal government. I, I live in a town of about 800 people. I don't have a local government. <laughs> You're in trouble. Do you have a gun? Yeah. What are you looking at militia or something, buddy? Oh, wait, if he's no, got a gun, you, he's got government. Right. That's what, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Gun. You don't. Uh, that's when I, you I have got, a gun. I, I've got the first and second amendments taken care of right now. <laughs> Free speeching, and I got a gun. Free speeching. Yeah. Next America. fight, Mike <laughs> is Ambassador Koch versus uh, William Edgar's speech about power. Speaking, uh, how ironic, huh? Yeah. Oh yeah, it's perfectly true right here. Uh, how can I vote against it? Except uh, Kosh was an angel, a space angel. And Damon was right. I absolutely loved that. Uh, they were playing that out. Kosh couldn't show himself because everyone would recognize him. And you're like, how the hell is that possible? And then he pops out of his suit, flies up, and everybody sees him as, as their own kind of deity. And I remember just sitting there watching this. And this is like a, a real kind of weird semi-religious place to take the show. I mean, they've been dancing and kind of alien spirituality, but all of a sudden it's like, holy fuck, that's an angel. And uh, it's like, you know, I really did not see that coming. And uh, when something like that just surprises the hell out of me and still kind of works in a strange way, like I said, I really dig all the chariots of the gods and that the gods that we worship are aliens and stuff like that. I've always really dug those stories. So uh, even though, uh, I I still firmly believe everything that was said in that speech is true. I just I love me some uh, some Kosh. A vote for Kosh, Christy. Kosh, uh, Chuck, Space Angel, uh, Jason. Uh, I do love Kosh. Uh, his encounter suit is the greatest jukebox I've ever seen. More Kosh, Matt. Is it a clean sweep? It is indeed a clean sweep. Ambassador Kosh is moving on. We're on to our next fight. Christy, this one is yours. It is who are you versus what do you want versus Mr. Morden. 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 And no, they're not alive. Um, <laughs> Chuck. Um, yeah, I, I will say that the who are you, what do you want dynamic is, is a thing that runs throughout the series, which is pretty cool. Um, but I just really like Mr. Morden, the whole thing that he was kind of like a, a human from a dead, uh, uh, you know, the ship that Sheridan's wife was on. <clears throat> he kind of, uh, was the vehicle that pulled Malari into the hole, kind of responsible for the, for all the, the things, wheels kind of going in motion with the shadows, et cetera, in the series. Um, yeah, Morden. Morden, Jason. Uh, the who are you versus what do you want? It's kind of an order versus chaos type thing. In fact, they describe it as such after a while. Uh, do you define yourself by the orderly answer of who you are? What do you believe? Those type of things. Or do you define yourselves by something that's always changing, which is your, your desires, what do you want? But it, they also add later on, why are you here and uh, where are you going? Uh, so for the philosophical stuff, which is my favorite part of Babylon 5, I'm going to vote for who are you versus what do you want? Matt? Mm. Some very uh, interesting arguments have been just brought up, and I think it has swayed me away from Mr. Morton to who are you versus what do you want? Why have just one question when you can have both? 
It is all tied up. It comes down no. to you, Mr. Ortiz. I like how it ties every single time it comes to a tiebreaker <laughs> for you. Uh, okay. I'm just gonna ma- I'm just gonna map this out as I'm saying it. Um who are you versus what do you want versus Morden? Morden says what do you want? So Morden is kind of in that particular one. But Kosh says who are you? And that would go up against Kosh in the next round. So if it beats Morden here, then it would have to beat Kosh there. So it would have to move on. But if Morden moves on, then the question actually still moves on because it's what Kosh says versus what Morden says. So Morden. <laughs> Jesus. And Morden is into the ne- Mr. Morden is into the next round. We're on to our next fight. Chuck, this one is yours. It is Vorlons versus Jakar. Um, Vorlons are great, but um, as I've mentioned earlier, I think uh, Jakar is one of the best characters in the show. Um, I forget the name of the actor, but he was also in Star Trek as well. Andreas Katsulas. Yeah, yeah. He played a great Romulan in Next Gen. Uh, he's appeared throughout Star Trek. Um, I'd say him, Londo, and to a lesser extent, Bruce Boxleiter, probably the best actors in the show. Um, but yeah, both Chikar and Malari are probably the best. And uh, they're both kind of different ends of the spectrum. It's kind of the East, you know, meets West, if you will, uh, um, with two different um, civilizations uh, with so many parallels and great views of, of humanity or, or the yeah, just how, just how life is Jakar, so many great speeches, so many great insights. Um, even after they get their home world back and everyone wants to try to destroy uh, the invaders, he is kind of prescient enough to say no. Um, and I'd really also like to see, uh, I'm sure Mike can sympathize with this. I'd like to see a Jakar versus uh, Malari at the end. I'll vote for Jakar. Jason. Uh, uh, well, um, I'm going to vote for Jakar because the one-armed man from The Fugitive told me to do it. <laughs> <laughs> Matt? Uh, I am also voting for Jakar because uh, uh, Ambassador Kosh has already moved on and he's the uh, best of the Vorlons anyway. Uh, Mike? Uh, yeah, Chuck nailed it. Uh, I'm pulling for the Londo versus Jakar fight in the uh, in the f- uh, final round. Christy, is it a clean sweep? Oh, absolutely. Bam! Jakar, moving mm-hmm. on. We are on to our next fight. Jason, this one is yours. It is, as everyone knows, the most prominent thing from Babylon 5. Even people who've never seen the show know, ex- know this one. It's It's Ship designs, son of a bitch, versus Marcus Cole. Voting for Marcus out of previous round spite. That seems to work, Matt. Um, I'm actually going to be voting for the ship designs because uh, they they were designed to be functional. Uh, I especially like the designs of the of the Star Furies. Uh, just because you know they're designed to be zero G ships, and you hardly ever see, hardly ever saw that in uh, in television sci fi up until that point. Mike, um, I really don't like Marcus. 
Um, I don't know. Just something about the character struck me. I, I think the hair was part of it. I won't, I won't lie. Something was wrong about the hair uh, and the look in general. And he was a little, a little too sort of Ponzi. Um, but I'm going to vote for him because even though I love the ship designs, uh, the actor who played um, Marcus, uh, I, uh, I smoked pot with him outside the Motor City Comic Con once. I hope that doesn't get him in trouble. Um, he was a <laughs> <Lord>. guest there. <laughs> and uh, Kathy was volunteering. hope this doesn't get her in trouble. And uh, she somehow found out that he was, you know, he would be interested in, in token up if, uh, if it was available. And uh, she texted me and said, hey, do you have any? And I didn't, but I knew someone who did. So we're all just sitting out there with this guy. And he thought we were like fans of the show. But it was two of the guys, they, they'd never seen the show because I only knew two people who saw Babylon 5. And uh, so, yeah, we had this weird, awkward little pot smoking section at a picnic table outside the, where was it held back then? No, it's still there. The uh, Nova. Yeah, The Rock financial center whatever it's called now why don't you you know drive the bus over the last person that you got the weed from seeing as you drove the bus over everybody else mike who the person that you got the weed from oh, i don't you know get... you don't know them yeah, that was me yeah, it wasn't you <laughs> well i don't remember who it was <laughs> oh because you were smoking weed I, yeah. okay well i, I mean i can of... i can narrow it down to about four people that it could have been I, i'm 95 percent sure i knew who it was um <laughs> but a vote for marcus uh, Christy? Chips. What? Oh, ships. I thought you, I thought you said chips. I was like, what? No. Yeah, I thought Eric Strada, you know, was entering the... Uh... I'll change my vote to chips. It is all tied up. It comes down to you there, Chuck. Which one is moving on? Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> <laughs> um... You know, fuck the ships. You know, is the Star Fury the X Wings? Uh, you're asking yeah. the absolutely wrong person. Yeah, yeah exactly. The Thunderbolts would be the. Uh, they were more X Wings crossed with the last Starfighter. Yeah, but we're still comparing them to X Wings. Why? Because they're derivative ships that suck. Marcus. Wow. Uh, Marcus mm-hmm. is moving on uh, for a spot in the final four, Matt, this one is yours. It is the singular vision of the show. One big long story versus the declaration of Damon. Hmm. Interesting. Because JMS was defeated in the last round. I'm going to go with the uh, singular story and strictly because of that. JMS made it through. Oh, well, if JMS made it through, then by all means, Jakar's Declaration of Principles. All right. Jakar's Declaration gets a vote. Mike? Uh, Yeah, I'll go with the Declaration. Christy? I'll go with the story to be contrary, and it doesn't really matter because Londo's going to win this side. Wow, just putting it down like that. <laughs> it's all about Londo, bitches. Nobody's got anything for Londo. Uh, Chuck? Yeah, no, I agree. I'm looking towards Londo versus Jakar, so I'm going singular. It's all tied up, Jason. Which one are you voting for? Uh, I'm going to be declarative. Uh, 
Declaration of Principles. <laughs> the Declaration of Damon is moving on. It's no longer principles. It's the Declaration of Damon, goddammit. You know what's great about that, that quote? Is I could completely steal it, change a few words, and only like two or three people would know it was from Babylon 5. <laughs> because only two or three people are going to listen to this. No, not this episode. I mean, I no. mean, writing it on, on like Facebook I as know. a declaration. Yeah. Oh, I would probably, I wouldn't get it. That's why the fans didn't make it out of the first round. See? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mike, this next fight is yours. It is JMS versus your man, Londo. Uh, Londo did not uh, have Gwen Stacy fuck Norman Osborn. So, Londo. Over and over again until she had a couple kids. Uh, I know Christy. it's not his fault. I don't care. I'm voting for Londo anyway. Like I said, I'm voting for Londo every time till the end. Go ahead, Christy. Londo. Chuck? Yeah, Londo. Yolando. <laughs> J- yes, my ex-girlfriend. Jason? <laughs> uh, one of the things I always liked was uh, to get into his character's voice, uh, Peter Jurisic would apparently walk around backstage uh, exclaiming, my dear Mr. Garibaldi, until he found the voice. So, Londo. A vote for Londo. Is it a clean sweep for Londo, Matt? No, it is not. I'm going to uh, vote for the creator, writer, producer of the series, uh, Mr. JMS. Yeah, he uh, wrote he wrote 59 episodes in a row, encompassing seasons three, four, and all but one episode of season five, which actually makes it 59, and it it splits up the consecutive streak of 59. It was the one he didn't write was Neil Gaiman's. Oh, really? Is that what yeah. it is? Was that that? Yeah. Day of the Dead or the Night sleep. of the Dead. Yeah, people dream and stuff. Yeah. It was very game-y. But anyway. Uh JMS, fuck you, Londo Malari. Moving on. On to our next fight. Uh Christy, this one is yours. It is Ambassador Kosh versus Mr. Morden. Kosh. All right. Chuck. Morden. Oh, you guys are going so fast, Jason. <laughs> Did you die? Uh, no, I didn't. Having trouble with my mute button. Uh, I do like Morton. He's a neat little character. Kosh, Kosh has a very large footprint on the series. So uh, I'm going to vote for Kosh. I'll vote for Kosh. Mad. You seek meaning, then listen to the music, not the song. Ambassador Kosh. I like that quote because I don't know what it was from, so I just had to sit and wait and figure until you said who it was. <laughs> like, I, I don't know who that is. It could be either one. Uh, Mike? Um, it was mentioned earlier, uh, someone was voting specifically for the first Kosh, the, uh, the good Kosh, not the imposter Kosh. Uh, but one of my favorite things about Kosh is I never saw that as, as being a different Kosh. Um, perhaps they are all just one Kosh. Or maybe that was the same Kosh. He just came back uh, looking different because Kosh is what you need him to be. First time he's a mentor, the second time he's a villain. Uh, Because Kosh is so mysterious, we don't know if there was one Kosh or two or many. Kosh Spice. (laughs) He goes as far as to say we are all Kosh, doesn't he? He does. 
and you're you're just gonna go right past the Spice Girls reference that was brilliantly <laughs> thrown out there by Chuck. The Spice Girls are the most important band of the last fifty years. Uh, yeah, they might be. Kosh Spice is I'm moving. Changing on. my vote to the Spice Girls. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Uh, Kosh Spice. They'll just moving get beaten on. by Jakar because you know Spice World to get a half a star. <laughs> uh, Chuck, this fight is yours. It's Jakar versus Marcus. Uh. Car. Really? Mike's getting high story didn't sway you. All, all right. All right. Uh, Jason. He's always high. <laughs> uh, I, I'm going to vote for uh, Jakar. Matt? This one's easy. It's Jakar. Nobody loves Marcus Cole. I like him. Mike? Jakar. I know I wasn't there. Uh, Christy? Jakar. And Jakar in a clean sweep into the final four. We've got the Declaration of Damon versus Londo Malari and Kosh versus Jakar. Uh, Jason, the first fight is yours. It's the Declaration of Principles versus Londo Malari. Uh, you know, Londo's another one of those characters where his entire arc was kind of laid out for you early on in the show. He He knew how he was going to die. He knew that at some point he would be very powerful and all those things came into fruition. And instead of being, you know, positive things, they turned out to be very negative things. And it was you know, very tragic as Mike pointed out. So Londo. A vote for Londo. Matt. Ah. Uh... The Declaration of Principles is such a great monologue, but Londo Malari is really at the heart of the series. He, you know, he is he is the heart of the series. The, his his struggle, his struggle to uh, reclaim the glory of the lost uh, lost Centauri Empire. Uh, so Londo Malari. Londo, Mike. Londo, Christy. Londo. Chuck is in a clean sweep for Londo. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I think it was a good point. Um, uh, the whole race of the Centauri—they're kind of like this old world, kind of imperialistic, kind of like the British Empire. Even their hairdo, their overly elaborate clothes, everything like that. He's trying to recapture the greatness of an old empire and. He just well acted, great character, um, very three dimensional. Definitely Londo. Definitely Londo. Next fight is yours, there, Matt. It is Ambassador Kosh versus Jakar. I expect Jakar to uh, run over this uh, this uh, particular fight, but uh, my vote is for Ambassador Kosh. I believe he was. You know, just his inscrutability uh, makes him so, so interesting. And his wisdom doled out in just odd snippets is is so much fun. Uh, plus, he was a big part of bringing uh, John Sheridan back to life. So I'm voting for Ambassador Kosh. A vote for Ambassador Carr. But the ship designs is better. <laughs> Mike? 
Um, I will vote for Jakar. Um, I think I, I love Kosh and he is a great mentor and villain. And uh, he's, you know, the, the wheels. <coughs> no, I, okay. My metaphor is going to go, is, is, is not going to work there. So anyway, um, he's, he's, he's an important part of the show. He's, he also is there to deliver a lot of exposition along with a lot of inscrutable things. Uh, but Jakar is one of the characters that has like the big transform transformative arc from beginning to end. Uh, Jakar and that pilot and Jakar at the end are, are two very different, different creatures, much like Londo. He's the other side of the coin. Uh, that's why I kind of think both of them in the final round uh, is, is really the grand questions here is uh, those two kind of parallel arcs uh, are, are really the yin and yang of the show. A vote for Jakar, Christy. Um, I'm voting for Jakar. He's the second most, I feel like, fully fleshed out real person. He makes, his story arc is great. Um, you wanted him, you wanted to root for him the whole time, even when he was, um, um, weapons dealing and all that. And this is like the best, this is going to be like the best fight ever. Londo versus Jakar, even though I know who's going to win. Unless somebody else has a different idea. Come on, Chuck. Come on. Let me hear you say ambassador Kosh, Chuck. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah, uh, well, Mike kind of stole my yin and yang statement there, but uh, I will say I kind of want to vote for Ambassador Kosh because one time uh, in an alley outside of the CBGBs in New York, me and Ambassador Kosh shot up some heroin together. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I'm definitely voting for Jakar um, again. Like still by yin and yang uh, comparison here, we have kind of Londo from like the old world empire kind of thing, where Jakar, they're almost kind of like a like a Vietnam or like Palestinian kind of like the the downtrodden oppressed group of people. But uh, there's many parallels, a lot of things going on between those two characters that are very fascinating. So I got to go for Jakar. Jakar, Jason. Uh. That's three one Jakar, right? Yup, yup. Okay. Uh, this might seem like a pity vote for Kosh, but it's really not. Uh, it's character, but uh, it is. It's really not because I actually do like Kosh better than I like Jakar. Uh, I liked Odd, but uh, in the end, it doesn't really matter. Goodbye, Ambassador Kosh. Again. That's right. Ambassador Kosh, get the fuck out of here. That's okay. Um, There'll be a new Kosh later. Will there? <laughs> we are the all Kosh. It'll be the next <laughs> episode. Of what? Yeah, the next episode. <laughs> Mike, this last fight of bracket fighting, basically the last fight of geek fights for us, not for you, the listeners, the last fight, you get to do it. I don't get. I didn't get to vote in the last fight. Not my vote? No, because I don't give two shits about this show. <laughs> vote for the ships. <laughs> uh, I, yes, my vote is for the ships. Uh, my vote is to not do a Best of Babylon 5 episode. Let's do something fun. Why don't we do the... Uh, oh, why don't we do uh, Best uh, Star Trek Time Travel? Yeah, let's do that episode instead. Right. Nope. Nope. We had a Best of Babylon 5 episode. It is Alondo Malari versus Jakar 
You can't pronounce his last name because he doesn't have one. Uh, I, you know, I said at the beginning, I will vote for Londo the whole way, and uh, and I am. I love Jakar. He's a great character. Uh, his arc is is in many ways kind of more unexpected. I mean, there's certainly the the villain that starts off doing things for his people, and then it kind of gets out of control, and then he redeems himself. Is uh, is a little bit more typical than than the kind of story that you get with a Jakar going from like a a warrior to a politician to a, a messianic figure. Um, but there already was a messiah on the show in, uh, in John Sheridan. Um, and, and Londo is just, you know, I, I keep wanting to call him great villains because even though the shadows were the big powerful thing, it, it really was his, what started as doing good, but you know, maybe it wasn't, maybe that's just kind of the guys that people who do things for themselves, that that's just the rationale and the excuse that they use. And he really liked the power that he got, but just when he saw the cost, it was too much. But for a while, the cost wasn't too much because he was sort of weak and it, it's very tragic and it's Shakespearean and he dresses uh, fantastically uh, and he has great hair. So, uh, Londo Malari. <laughs> Uh, vote for Lando Malari. Christy! This is like um, my favorite end to my favorite episode. Uh, Lando versus Jakar. I mean, I knew it was going to be that at the very beginning of this because I, I feel like they're not foils. They're like, they have like almost the same story, but one rises above and one doesn't. And, um, like I said a second ago, you, you root for Jakar, but you really feel for Londo. You, you hate him and you think he's funny and you feel bad for him and you pity him and you, all, all, all the range of emotions that you should be feeling for, you know, you empathize with him, but you can't, you know, agree with any decisions that he ever makes. Um, Londo is is Babylon Five. Yup. Londo. Chuck. Um. Well, I do think while both of these characters have messianic aspects to them, really the true messianic aspect to the to the whole franchise really are the ship designs <laughs> that these characters are being transported back and forth. In. But, unfor- <laughs> but unfortunately, they lost to space Fabio. So, um, I guess, hmm, should we go for 14 inches of um, Centauri <laughs> Delight? Or, um, I'm, uh, I think Londo was a great character, but uh, he, symbolic of a, a rotting empire. He sees his own demise. Uh, I even really like the great... A uh, scene where he's looking down on Narn being destroyed, and he's regretful about it. Uh, uh, he is a sympathetic character, but uh, I'm going to vote for Jakar because, um, first of all, I really like the actor. Um, I think he's a cool character. Um, uh, even like a downtrodden nation that finally is victorious over their oppressors, they want to go out and fight them, and he tells them no, and is even almost spat upon by his own population. But I have to say that really my favorite moment in the whole show of Babylon 5 
is uh, when Londo um, convinces Jakar to help him assassinate kind of like the crazy mad emperor um, uh, of uh, the Centauri Republic. You know, he thinks he's like a god, he's all crazy, and uh, they like weaken his chains so that he can kind of break out and actually kill the emperor. And uh, they were the emperor noticed that the, the chains were didn't look too strong, so they actually replaced them with really solid chains, and they think the whole assassination attempt is not going to happen. And um, Jakar is just so determined um, not to die in vain and, and humiliation that uh, um, he get, gains this crazy burst of strength and just kills the emperor uh, and, and single-handedly frees his whole people. Um, I think that's one of the, the best moments in the whole show, uh, one of the most powerful moments. And uh, um, I just think Jakar is, is, is really great. He knew the shadows were coming before anybody else. Um, uh, definitely Jakar. A vote for Jakar. Jason. You know, the thing about Babylon 5 that I really enjoyed that they did was they would show you the end of the story and not give you the context until much farther down the line. In season one, they showed you that the station would be destroyed. And another thing they showed very early on was that Jakar and Londo would die at each other's throats, their hands at each other's throats as old men. And you don't know the meaning behind it uh, until the very end. Uh, They both kind of start as almost comedic relief characters uh, with... Jakar is sort of a comedic villain and uh, Londo is something of an oaf and they both through situations and happenstance get drawn into the larger scope of the story and as Londo descends in the darkness Jakar rises uh, on Centauri Prime when he's being tortured he's had his eye plucked out he's been whipped all also that the emperor can hear him scream, but his pride refuses to allow him to scream or give the emperor satisfaction. But Londo begs him to give up his pride. And he does it for the sake of his people. And that's where he sort of completes his transformation into a religious figure, uh, as a philosopher. And at the end of the day, he even helps Londo redeem himself so uh, his keeper can't warn the people who run Centauri Prime that they're about to be attacked. So I'm going to vote for Shikar, because I, I think he's the far more interesting character of the two. A vote for Jakar. It is all tied up. It comes down to you there, Matt. Which one is going to be the winner of the last bracket fight on Geek Fights? Well, such a responsibility. I was actually hoping that this would uh, that this would come down to me. Ah, oh, Londo versus Jakar. They've been circling around each other, drawing closer and at each other's throats at odds. Uh, they even become friends. But in the end, even though I voted against him every single uh, every single round that he's uh, come up, uh, I've got to vote for Jakar in in this fight. 
He is, he is, whereas uh, Londo is the heart, Jakar is the, is the head. He's the wisdom of the series uh, shown throughout the whole thing. And so I've got to vote for Jakar as the best of Babylon 5. Nice. And yeah, Jakar is our winner. But as always, we are wrong. Everybody knows that it was me doing that quote earlier. That was the best thing that ever came out of Babylon 5. <laughs> no, seriously, the best thing about Babylon 5 was Nagrath. Oh, okay, what's that? I don't know what that is. Or our, uh, Who is that? Uh, the unknown. Al- Alwyn McComber. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. That's, that's the winner. Of I thought it was Alfros. What, whatever. Uh, thanks so much for listening. Uh, no, no one put Ivanova on here. Nobody did put Ivanova. I know who that is. I've hung out with her. Um, Smoke weed with her? Yeah. I did not smoke weed with her. I had you hung out her. with her or Playboy spread? No, I hung out with her. <laughs> no, no Scoggins? No Scoggins. Um, special thanks goes to nobody yet. Uh, does anybody have anything they'd like to plug? Uh, Christy? Um... No. All right, uh, Chuck. Any oh. any new endeavors that you're going to be doing that will never come to fruition? <laughs> um. Yeah. How about the next episode of Geek Fights? All right. Actually, uh, you're going to be on that. Oh yeah. Not next week's episode, but uh, you'll be on the one after that. Okay. Maybe we'll see. <laughs> the lost episode. <laughs> the lost episode. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Uh, Jason, anything to plug? Uh. Nope. Matt? As a matter of fact, uh, as a service to your listeners, ju- uh, I am an avid podcast listener. Uh, between two jobs, I listen to uh, approximately 70 hours of uh, podcasts per week. And so with uh, your two to three hours disappearing from my, from my repertoire, I've got a list of, of uh, podcasts that some of our some of our listeners might want to continue listening to. Uh, I would like to say positively nerdy, uh, the greatest movie ever podcast, uh, Atomic Trivia War nine thousand, uh, remember when, and anything from the uh, Frog Pants uh, network of podcasts. If you're any kind of a nerd, you'll find something there that you'll like. I agree. I love Frog Pants. Can I plug a podcast real quick? Sure. Yeah. And, you know, this people, this is what you should listen to now that we're gone. <laughs> um, have you guys listened to Welcome to Night Vale? No. Nope. nope. It's nope. like a fake, uh, like a uh, news update for this town that's in the middle of the desert, and um, it's weird and awesome. Yeah. It's like a radio play kind of thing, but it's just one person reading the news for that town. It's right. like updated twice a month. It's How really well done. HP Podcraft. <laughs> is that a real thing? That's awesome. Yep. It is a real thing. That's cool. Uh, it's promoted it by Geek Radio Daily. Special thanks <laughs> goes to everybody that's ever been on the show. <laughs> and everybody that's ever downloaded a show. Thank you yeah. all. Yeah. But I, I do, uh, as always, have to say thank you to uh, Christy Woke, uh, Chris Mitchell, Karen, Meep, 
Alan Bleep. And of course, Mr. Jared Formby. Uh, lots of tweaks to the show because of his, hey, why don't you guys do this? And like, well, that will work. But how about this? And all the amazing intros he's done for us. We did a show about his intros and it was three fucking hours. <laughs> but it was a really good episode if you actually like listening to our intros. Especially if you haven't heard all of the intros because you were like, I don't know anything about Captain America, so I'm not going to listen to that episode. Uh, I would actually advise you to go back and just listen to the intro. I would actually advise, yeah, advise you to go back and listen to all of the geek fights, just the intros. Yeah, just the intros. The intros are amazing. Uh, Download them again. We'll still get numbers. So why don't you cut them all together? Because uh, I thought about that, but that's an awful long time. Uh, seriously, that's that's got to be like six hours. So now I got to go and like click and like just, listen uh, to the beginning of every episode. You've listened to the beginning of every episode, dick face. <laughs> just the oh, best I'm, of track I'm talking intro. About the viewer, uh, the, the like listeners. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Maybe that's one of these things we'll put in the feed. We're yeah. going to keep the feed alive uh, for for a while we'll until our out. next show. Oh yeah. Well, after that. We're gonna do uh, well. We're just gonna keep using the same feed. It'd be silly right. to yeah. Let's throw do a Star feed. Trek show. No, no, uh, it's gonna be completely unimportant. But it, it will be another show. It'll we'll be, be once. It'll a month. be like this. A little bit of everything. We could do a Babylon Five show. Oh yeah, Dave, Dave <laughs> Babylon Five. Babylon Five. Babylon Five. Okay. That could be. Interesting. I hate this. Uh, I, would act, I, would, I would actually do that. Like just watching Babylon Five, going. Is, I would do episode by episode commentaries. Is it, is it gonna be, is it gonna get good now, Mike? Is it, is, this, is, <laughs> is this is this the one? Again? Yeah, the commentary on. between someone who hates it and someone who thing is. Do you really want to commit to uh, that many sh- watching that many shows you hate? It's only 110. I never said I hated You'd it. Have like a crossfire, you know? Like yeah. Be like, what do you think, Dave? I would just watch each and every episode and go, okay. And I, I would not watch it before we record either. <laughs> I would watch, watch it for the <laughs> watch first time. Oh, fuck yeah. I watch everything cold. I don't think people realize that. Um, oh, yeah. Mike, you're supposed to stay up there. Oh, uh, yeah. I'm still uh, still on that there Week in Geek thing. Really? Uh, yeah. I don't know for how much longer. We'll see. <laughs> Quit that too, goddammit. I did a comic book cover. That was kind of cool. Y- yeah, you did do a comic book cover of it's something. Really nice. Uh, head, 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 what Hoax is it hunters. called? Hoax Hunters. Yeah. Which is uh, an image I got something else in the works. It'll be announced soon. It won't be announced. It'll just pop up in the feed. Come on now, Mike. All right. Well, no. Well, it might be announced after it comes in the feed. Yeah. Okay. There we go. <laughs> there we go. Uh, uh, but, uh, yeah. And, uh, I don't even remember what we, what we normally say here. Well, we normally say rate and review us and uh, yeah, we'll Le- Le- Legion of Geeks and upcoming episodes. Go to obviously. Facebook. Keep going to Facebook. We'll still be posting stuff there. Yeah. We're still recording there, um, I think. Yeah, we're, we're still recording. <laughs> we're going to still be recording every day. Pete uh, Pete did think we were recording because I, I did the fuck you Pete thing on, on there a little while ago. Yeah. And he, he was like, you guys aren't still recording, are you? <laughs> I was like, no. God, that would be awesome, though. Uh, well, Josh's idea was to just keep looping the episode over and over again <laughs> until it's a 60-hour episode. <laughs> just keep playing it over and over again. Like, yeah, they just kept going in circles. It was kind of crazy. 
you know, if it, if it popped up as a 60 hour podcast, I would immediately know it was Josh too. I would just be like, <laughs> Josh is involved in this. <laughs> but we can't, there's no way it would be, that would be like a gig. You can't, you can't yeah. upload a 60 hour podcast. Oh yeah. That we, we don't, we, we don't pay that costs a lot of money. Yeah. That would be amazing. We'd have to upgrade seriously. It would be to, amazing. To upload that much. We have like a, a, get, a limit to how much we can upload in a month. Yeah, I know. Um, Who's going to say it, Mike? Well, you know what? You're going to say it because you're the one that actually created it. All right. Uh, so, so, so I will say until next time. Keep fighting the geek fight. Uh, good night. Oh, 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 oh,
and good luck. And we're done. Yeah, that's it. We're done. Goodbye, wow. geek fights. That was great. And I liked how, even though I like Londo better, that Jakar, like in the show, came out on top. Hey, yo. Good hey, triumph over evil. <laughs> Jakar whipped out his dick. I would have voted for Jakar after the way they were talking about him. <laughs> hey, hey, Mike. Mike, uh, yeah? for the outro, you could use uh, either his uh, end of season three monologue or maybe his uh, whole the speech he gives to Sheridan about mm. uh, at the end of season two about when you say the words no more. Yeah, there's a lot of good ones. Yeah. But yeah, I can't use the declaration because that lost. But that that actually yeah, wasn't my the favorite. Se- the season three ender is a really good one. Yeah, yeah. I think that's yeah. the one. We forgot to mention Garibaldi's second most favorite favorite thing in the world. Sex with Talia? No, that's that's the first. <laughs> I thought alcohol was the first. Nope. Nope. No. It's Daffy Duck Duck. Dodgers in the 21st and a half century. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You're welcome. <laughs> I really I don't like Garibaldi. Do you guys what? care about him? Well, did I you, like did him. You, you know, the, I, the, I don't the, think there was I anything I disliked. Uh, you know the actor who care. played the actor who played Garibaldi like wrote this like big like right wing like book. Yeah, um, he wasn't even like an actor before the show. He's like he worked on Wall just Street. An asshole? He's like yeah, he's like like <laughs> this conservative like radio yeah. guy. Yeah. Wow. Wow, I like him even less now. <laughs> yeah, with hair plugs. I always just look, every time I saw him, I just went, trying to be Bruce Willis. Yeah. <laughs> but I, 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 I thought the character, I mean, like Ivanova, the character kind of served its purpose. Uh, he did, you know, it wasn't a particularly great performance, but I thought it was an all right character. Yeah, Ivanova was better, though. I thought yeah, well, she at yeah. least was funny. Yeah. I yeah. thought Garibaldi was was greatly improved after uh, after Bester messed with his head. <laughs> All right, I'll buy that for <laughs> We didn't mention uh, Jeff Conway. Oh, oh yeah, <laughs> he's the one that I want. Zach. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, good old Grease too. Yeah, yeah, and the only member of the cast who apparently woke up with. Uh, his dick in John Travolta's mouth. <laughs> in his mouth. Isn't isn't that in his mouth? Apparently, isn't that his mouth. isn't that on his in his like computer mouse or real mouse? Note? No, he'd like he'd like Jeff Conway apparently attempted suicide and like in his suicide note he wrote about how on the set uh, while they were making grease he fucking got raped by John Travolta. <laughs> oh my fucking god! Yeah. Speaking of raping people, uh, what's uh, Star Wars fans' names? What's the name of the Star Wars fans? Warzies? What are they I called? No idea. I don't know. Uh, Star Wars fans. Yeah. Gluttons for punishment. <laughs> <laughs> Not really. Thank you, sir. May I have another. What, let's Jedi. see. Jedi. Part of the okay. Let's go with Jedi. Because I am right now just stealing this quote completely. Trekkie, oh. lurker, weed knight, Jedi, or Scaper. Scaper. Oh, here we go. I found uh, the book that uh, Garibaldi wrote. Have you seen my country lately? America's oh wake up call. God, that is so. I mean, you worked at a bookstore. How Loading many right books are like bag. titled something like? That well, no. Well, I, I remember too when I was working at the bookstore. Um, um, 
the, the devil went down to Georgia. What's, what's the name of that that uh, um, that musician? Charlie Daniels Band. Yeah, yeah. He wrote a song called "Ain't No Rag," and it was about like the like the how like, conservatives, you know, kind of ruining the country. I mean, uh, liberals are ruining the country. Uh, yeah, here, you have that on in store play. Who am I? Who am I? Who of course. Oh my god! We couldn't pick our music. Brown at coats? Barnes and Noble. They gave I, us like a. No, this was a book he wrote. They're lumped in with Sweet oh. Nights. Oh, okay. Uh, Jedi Scapers, Lurkers, Trekkies. All right, here we go. I'm going to post the link here. Wait. Yeah, I don't want to continue. Go I don't want to look at this. Potter, what are the Potter names? Or what are Potter people? Harry Potter. Hoovian? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, Hoovians. yes. I prefer to call them Potters. The Hoovians? I'm not calling them <laughs> Potter fans. Can't remember their name. You see the book? They don't. They don't have a. They don't have a name. You guys see that link I just said? Okay. No, hold on. Comma. Hoovians. The universe speaks in many languages, but only one voice. The language is not Trekkie or Lurker or Weed Knight or Jedi or Scaper or Hoovians or Hoovian. Uh-huh. Speaks to, it's, it's all I that's all I replaced was just that part. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm posting it looks it. like oh sorry. Okay, go ahead. He looks okay. like um Garibaldi. Well no, I was gonna say he looks like a cross between Bruce Willis and Hank from Breaking Bad. <laughs> yeah, the guy from Phantasm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Boy. <laughs> Why don't we do a best of Phantasm? <laughs> Because we're done. <laughs> pretty much the reason. Dick face. <laughs>